get it going. It's time to get up. High. He picks up the first down and more. Still going. High is inside the 20. The 10 takes it all the way. 50 yards for a Seahawks touchdown. These guys are here to break it all down. Maybe the most difficult to convince is British Columbia. Some points I've heard that British Columbia is the lone holdout. At other times I've kind of heard that those provinces are trying to put a united front on together to get what they want. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. That's adulting done right, right? This is the starting lineup with James Zabolski and Perry Solkowski. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It is Monday, December 21st, first day of winter. And it's pouring outside. What's going on? James Sabalski here. Perry Solkowski there. Greg Palick on the other side of the glass. This is the starting lineup here on your home of the Canucks, home of Vancouver hockey. And we can actually say it this time here on Sportsnet 650, Pear. Vancouver hockey via Edmonton, via Calgary, via whatever. You heard Elliot Friedman there. It's good to be different. That's why we live on the West Coast. It's good to be different. How are you, my friend? How was your week off? I don't know... If if that was a great strategy or that, you know, and I got it completely wrong because I was here last week and I'm here this week. But to me, you taking last week off was kind of like preparing for a football game. Go, That's the Balski team. All they're going to do is throw the ball and all, you, you, you switch it up and you run. You take the week before Christmas off mm-hmm. and now you're back. Smart strategy or were you waking up this morning and why didn't I take a couple more days off and just be done with it? Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I thought it was a, a well-timed play, considering. Uh, let's see, uh, let's see the the week that was just kind of watching from very afar. Like I kind of stayed off social media, unplugged for a few days. But let's see, uh, people wanted to change the Canucks logo while I was away. People were <laughs> mad at Braden Holtby. I think we all understand properly now what cultural appropriation is. Cleveland's changing a name. Um, yeah, it was like the first few days I was like, okay, perfect. This is all the stuff that they don't want us to talk about and have fun with in the morning. <laughs> yeah, you weren't wrong with that. We, we did some detours. It was, yeah. it was like the Olympics when everyone came in before 2020 got it right. And the story was our 2010, uh, had it. It's okay. We're going to take the bus from GM place Rogers arena to the Pacific Coliseum. And we're going to go this way. And, you know, you take a long detour around. Yeah, we avoided some things. But listen, hey, information and learning is good. And I would say this. I think a lot of people learned some stuff over last week. Good, bad, but we learned. You know what? And and man, knowledge is power, right? You know, learning mm-hmm. and, and understanding. And we can learn from history as well. So, yeah, no, it was good. I, I felt like I had a win last week by taking last week off. Uh, we had also, for like six months, had a planned trip to go to Big White to go skiing. And we oh, were kind of holding out hope. And then we kind of realized a few weeks, like, okay, like Dr. Bonnie's not lifting up this uh, order and giving us the green light here. So we kind of pulled the shoot and... Boy, oh boy, there was another, there was another small victory kind of looking at things going, yeah, I don't know how well I would have felt being up on a mountain right now at Big White. As they said, there was a massive outbreak with 60 people on the hill uh, dealing with that. So another, another small victory in the Savalski household for the week pair. Well, it's good. It's nice to have you back. You mentioned the first day of winter. We should just mention that um, Environment Canada has issued a snowfall warning 
for our friends out in the Chilliwack, Abbotsford, Fraser Valley area. Snowfall amounts up to 10 to 15. So, like, why wouldn't it? People, there's only a handful of days left. It's not going to get any better. Like, just be prepared. Before 2020 leaves, something else is coming out. So why wouldn't a nice little snowstorm starting on this, the first day of winter out in the, in the Fraser Valley. So be aware of that if you're yeah. driving today that they expect the snow. We, we should also point out that, I mean, if anybody can actually pick us up in Chilliwack and, and hope, like, you know, if you're hearing this, then that's a win. <laughs> that's a victory unto itself. But yes, make sure you got those winter tires on at this time of the year. Uh, lots to get to here over the next three hours uh, here on the starting lineup on Sportsnet 650. Dunbar Lumber text line always open for business at 650-650. You can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Sportsnet 650. Our Monday morning uh, quarterback, Natea J from the All Ball Podcast will join us in an hour. Ian McIntyre, IMAC, the triple threat here for Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca will drop on by coming up just after 8 o'clock on your Canucks commute. But pair, I think the big story, and we'll get to some NFL here in just a few minutes as well. But, man, I think a lot of people just breathe. And I know we are here as the home of the Canucks and home of Vancouver Hockey, Sportsnet 650. Hockey is coming back. Um, I think there's still a few um, logistics to kind of figure out, namely where these Canadian teams will play and what that's going to look like. But the National Hockey League and the Players Association have formally agreed to play a 56-game season uh, starting on Wednesday, January 13th. I mean, it's still business as usual uh, at this date that we've heard about for weeks. Um, we're going to get 16 teams in a best-of-seven playoff series, and, you know, there's it's a guarantee that one uh, of the final four teams will be a Canadian team. We will see a Canadian team in the conference final, which we have seen a few times over the last 10 years, Canucks in 2011. We saw, what, the uh, the Ottawa Senators come a, a goal away from reaching the cup final in 2017. That feels like about 30,000 years ago based on what that franchise has done since that moment. But hockey is coming back. And I think that is welcome news for everybody. The fact that we knew that this was going to happen, just finally cooler heads prevailing here in this one. Well, yeah, uh, you know, to me, when we saw the official news, well, just, yeah, well, we've been talking about it for a while, whether it be the 13th or whether they wait another week or maybe they have to wait to February. Uh, I, I think it's great that they realize there's nothing normal, but it will be normal this week when the NBA tips off. You know, we're into the midst of who's going to have the playoff percentage, who's getting in on the wild card and all the talk we normally have at this time of year as far as NFL, which has got through everything. It's, it's unbelievable to think, you know, what's old is new. When you hear that it may be Jacob Markstrom in the Calgary Flames possibly 10 times against the Vancouver Canucks, everyone's just salivating. Oh, my goodness, how good is this going to be? Who could have thought when you made those big trades with Calgary, you're going to see those guys' trades, I know, free agent signings for the Flames. But it used to be like that in, in the 80s, right? If you were in Calgary and or Edmonton and Vancouver, you know, you hated Gretzky rolling in because he was going to wipe your team, but you saw him about six times. And now here we go. We're going to see nine, ten times. It is going to be incredible when the season goes. I, I think logically we sit back and go, hey, th this is going to be wonderful. Our nights are going to be filled with hockey. We love that in this country. But we wait and see. You also go, don't have the blinders on. And I think that's what people were a little bit upset about on social media when it seemed like, and now we hear more, you know, Ontario essentially in a lockdown. You can't have your respective provinces go, yeah, we are all good. Ah, not when society is what it is. Make it clear. Canucks can have camp. Wait it out. We don't know what we're going into. But they're going to play in James. To me, it makes no difference. 
they're going to play. And if they're playing in Vancouver, great. It's easier for the guys. But for the 50 or 60 people with the organization, if they can't play in Vancouver, oh, well. As long as you're, you're playing, it might be a drag for you for a bit, but they still are talking. Hey, if they have to go to hubs and the Canucks disappear for two weeks and play a handful of games and then come home for a week, well, there's a lot of businessmen that do that. It will be different, but they're playing. That's the most important thing. You know they'll play, Perry. You know they'll play. Yes. They'll, they probably won't play on crutches. They won't play with COVID, but they'll play. You know they'll play. Um, yes, you're right. I, I think with the reality with what's going on here is – I think there's no real economic benefit for the home team to be playing at home, right? And speaking of the Canucks specifically, I, I guess if you still want to go out to watch the game, you can go out and watch the game. Uh, although you may, depending if there's overtime or if it's a 7.30 start, you might get kicked out at 10 o'clock at night. But uh, look, would it be nice to have the teams play at home? For sure. But with no fans in the stands, um, with basically the province of British Columbia telling us that we can't hang out with anybody outside our household, um, I, I guess the question is, what does the NHL have in mind, right? Because we're still waiting to find out whether the province of British Columbia and other provinces here across Canada will give the thumbs up. Look, hey, our restrictions are you know, tighter than what we've seen in America. And, you know, have we done a better job of handling this? I think most people would say that I would say uh, hearing on this side of the border. Uh, obviously, the numbers have spiked uh, exponentially here over the last several months, but I think most people would say we've done a better job of handling this than America, where they've tried to keep the, the economy going a little bit more comparatively to ours. But there are restrictions in place here until January 8th, pair, um, and cases are going to rise after Christmas. I, I Look, as much as I think we all want to hold out hope that people are going to behave, I think people are determined to also see family members. It's going to happen. Um, and I'll, I don't know if our behavior is necessarily going to help the NHL's desire to play here. I, I Look, I want the All-Canadian division. I'm excited uh, to see what this is going to look like going forward. It's just a question of where these teams are going to play. And look, the Canucks aren't alone, right? I mean, the San Jose Sharks are, mm-hmm. are going to deal with the situation of playing in Arizona. Um, but the fact is that we get to talk about hockey questions now, right? This is less about about COVID that the NHL is going to play, right? Yeah. And look, Major League Baseball pulled it off. And as much as we kind of at times like, oh, man, Major League Baseball, what a disaster. You know, look at this. This is going crazy at the Marlins and, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals. And they pulled it off. And they pulled it off within the timeline they had and they intended. And the same with the National Football League. As much as we've kind of stood up at times, going, "What's going on? Look at the," I mean, look at the Ravens a couple of weeks ago. It looked like a disaster, and they pulled it off, right? And here we are with the NBA ready to go, and training camp got underway a couple of weeks ago. They tip off tomorrow, and what? There were almost 50 players that had tested positive for COVID when they got to training camp. But guess what? The season's going to tip off tomorrow. People will test positive for COVID in the NHL, but I think life will move on. It's just a question of what that looks like and how long players will be out for. Well, that's a poll question this morning, and a lot of people in first thing this morning and just asking you, really, do you care if the Canucks play in Vancouver this season? No, you don't, because if the Canucks are playing in Calgary and they lose that hockey game on the 21st of January, we won't be talking about, boy, if they were at home, they would have won. We're going to talk about the loss. And when they win four or five in a row and they're flying, we're going to be talking about the win. So we are going to talk about hockey. The fascinating thing, this this season is going to be crazy. I mean, it's, it's going to be like an all-you-can-eat buffet and you just have to keep on eating and eating. I do feel, and we had the discussion in the summertime where I thought, I just don't know. You might have to put an asterisk beside whoever wins the Stanley Cup in the Everton bubble. I just don't know how real it is. 
It's not a war of attrition. They've had three months off. And then I was the first to say, my goodness, I can't believe how good the hockey is. I, I think we are going to see everything. We are going to see some games with, you know, no fitness testing for these players, no exhibition games. We are going to see some sloppy games, some blowouts. We're going to see some fascinating hockey. I think we're going to see a bunch of injuries. You know, we'll likely see some positive tests for COVID-19. And at the end, it's not stopping. Like the train is not stopping. You're not waiting for this all-star break. You're not waiting for that built-in break. You are going to play, 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 which means this is going to be fascinating, James. Like, I I don't know. I think you can put an asterisk beside who wins 2021, but you also can put a fascinating check mark beside and go, wow. <laughs> I mean, talk about cramming it all in for the hockey fans because what they said over the weekend was, What's really important to them, yes, they're going to play this year, and it's important, and you win a Stanley Cup, you win a Stanley Cup. But they want to be all set for Seattle. They want to be all set for next year. They want to be all set for gates open, fans coming to the place. You look at your calendar, it's October, and here comes the 2021-22 season. So the point is play it now, but let's make sure we are back to normal in October, and it's going to make for fascinating four months here. Well, Elliot Friedman also sharing an interesting nugget uh, of information that the players kind of will certainly benefit from. And, man, when I heard this, there was one player that immediately came to mind. Um, and this is what Elliot Friedman had to say in terms of a fitness standpoint for players. Take a listen to this. They got a big break on fitness testing when they show up to camp. Like some of the hardest fitness tests won't be happening this year. And uh, he said, you know, we don't like uh, passing those. You certainly couldn't. And I laughed and I said, well, we, neither one of us has to do it. So that's a victory for the players, too. Whose name do you think I immediately thought of when I heard that clip? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to throw the young man under the bus, but there's a win. There's a serious win. There's a win just like I feel like where there's a win when I don't have to put on a, a suit or a pair of jeans for the last six months. Okay, so I'll say it. But Jake Vertan- Jake Vertanen is the name yeah. that I thought of that you yes. you don't you don't we want to tap dance around. Come on, there's a guy who's had a history of being accused of being out of shape. You know, Travis Green, I mean that's gotta be a loss for Travis Green going into his final year of his contract, right? You know, he loves to make sure guys are in shape, ready to go for camp. We're going to kick your ass here for a couple of days. Make sure you're standing. Make sure we're going to try to push you to puke and see if you're still standing ready to roll. Jake Vertanen, you know, dodging a bullet. Gets a brand new contract, and he has no fitness test. Huge start. Huge victory to start the season for Shotgun Jake. Yeah, what was your best year? 2020 was a pretty good year for me, actually. Summer of 2020 (laughs) was great. The one where we couldn't go anywhere. No, 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 I got a new deal. Went to the bar. Just by myself because no one else could be there. Yeah, it is. You know what it is? It goes back to me saying this is old school where you're going to see a team eight times. Guess what? You go to training camp. Not that they will be getting in shape in training camp, but some will. When we saw it, when Jake had the three-month break, you weren't good enough to start on this team because you weren't in shape. But it'll be old school, play yourself into shape. And I'll say this. If it is Jake for time with the Canucks, and let's hope it's not, and no one's going to be right there to see it. I mean, all of a sudden, Travis Green may say, hey, yeah, you didn't see the practice. So let me tell you, everyone was in great shape. You didn't see who was last when they were bag skating, who was humped over. But he's not going to be alone in the NHL. He's not going to be alone. I was listening to our friend Shane O'Brien, who's on with Reach Deep every Wednesday and his podcast. And and he got talking with a, a bunch of NHLers. And they said, oh, trust me, man. There's going to be some boys who are going to be in bad shape. There's veterans that they just, that's not their thing to mentally train, train, train when you've been through it as long as you have. So Jake, if he is that guy, won't be alone. And thus I say, I think that first couple of weeks, we're going to see some really lopsided scores and some strange things because not that they're worried about, hey, no fitness testing. I'm not going to do anything until it's time for the first day of practice. 
but there are some guys I'm certain have had a tough time getting ready for this. Oh, and and just in terms of logistics, like how how do you operate and function on a normal practice and normal skate over the the last several weeks? I mean, I, I think you'll see a lot of injuries to start. I think you'll see, mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned, I think sloppy play. And, and I'll tell you what, with a sort of sprint season, with a 56 game season, I think teams that don't have a lot of turnover, I think they might benefit. You know, I, I do wonder, like the Montreal Canadiens, like look at all the changes that they made this off season. How does that impact them as a team? Right, guys gelling, getting that chemistry i mean you go back to look at the the first year lebron james i get different sport but the first year lebron james dwayne wade and chris bosh were all playing together 10 years ago that was a 500 team through the first 30 games of the season right i mean they ultimately wound Mm -hmm. up going to the nba finals but think about that 30 games i mean that's more than half the season pairs so teams are going to have to be ready to go i think you're right i think it'll be a little sloppy i think particularly goaltending might struggle but um, now we start looking at some of the questions that need to be answered uh, around this team and, and around the Canucks. And look, I mean, can you fill that top six scoring void? You know, what does the goaltending look like? Is You know, can Holt be bounced back like everybody's optimistic he can? And, you know, can Thatcher Demko prove that those three games that we saw at the end of the season are for real? Uh, and we'll t- we'll discuss this. We'll get into it over the course of the morning here, um, here on your home of Vancouver hockey because, man, less than a month from now, the NHL season will ultimately get underway uh want to dive into some football here as well pair because uh, you know the playoffs are kind of starting to look a little clearer in terms of what the national football league's looking like uh, man the jets can't even tank properly i guess people are accusing uh, after they pick up their first win and they do it against the rams who open the door for the seahawks to grab the nfc west title now here where they're in the driver's seat going into next weekend's game against the rams after a win against a very tough and plucky washington squad it's funny how that played out. Uh, I'll get into it a little bit with OBS, just PS with the Jets, but it, it is perfect. And I like that Washington football team. By the way, uh, Carolina Panthers, since we've been on the air, have reportedly fired their general manager. So teams starting to make that changes. They don't wait in the NFL. I thought the Seahawks were good enough to win, right? A- against a team that, that wasn't going to be easy and plays hard. Uh, and then what a break. I've said most of this season, I think the Rams are the best team out in the NFC West. Um, talk about plucky. That's what they ran into. But now the Jet, you know, this, the Seahawks sit exactly where they want to sit and they get it exactly what they would want. You, here you go, Rams. Let's see what we can do against you. Good enough to get the win. Running game is different. So I think we've seen the Seahawks slide of when they they couldn't figure it out. Russ is now making big decisions, using his legs when he has to use his legs. It, it was a, a fascinating Sunday from a lot of perspectives as to go, okay, who's really there? The end of the day, and we've talked about it for a whole lot, and we'll get to it with the Tay, who's sitting at the top. You go, okay, Kansas City, they, they're going in New Orleans. That's not going to be that easy. And yet the champs still look around and go, yeah, we're the champs. Anybody else going to take a run at us? But for Seattle, Good enough. I still think there's a little, another level that has to come for them if they want to play long in the postseason. I don't know if it's there yet. Well, their but offense is dried up, them, right? Like, they're, like, hey, look, Washington's Washington's defense is legit. Now they had won four straight going mm-hmm. into yesterday, and, and they had limited teams to you know under 17 points uh, for pretty much four consecutive weeks. But you know, Seattle's offense has been an issue. All of a sudden, they've kind of flipped the script, right? Remember that old "You can't do that on television" show back in the day, right? They'd always have mm-hmm. that segment, the introduction of the opposites. Yeah, you know, defense was. Just a, 
a dumpster fire for the first half of the season. It feels like defense has kind of really tightened things up over the last several weeks where offense, Russ has been cooking leftovers pretty much for the better part of the last several weeks. They did enough to win yesterday, but, you know, Washington covered the number. Um, you know, they were in it the way uh, throughout the game. It wasn't a strong finish for Washington. Off- offensively, they looked out of sorts, but that's, I think, a credit to the Seattle defense. But, man, I look at that NFC and the team, and I've said this all season, I'll go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers asserting themselves again. You know, the Saints look good. They were in it with the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, they're obviously not there. I mean, Kansas City's a cut above everybody else in the AFC, but I think the Packers are the devil you know. When you look at the NFC, that's still the team to me. I didn't like the Rams all year, and, you know, they lose to a team like the Jets, man. Like, how do you lose that game? You know, you can't sit there and crap on a Jets team that didn't tank properly. I mean, how do you ask people to throw games? Like, people go to jail for throwing games in sports, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they came and they played, and good for good for the Jets to finally win one, man. That's hard to go out there every week and get your ass kicked. But if you're the Rams, like, how do you lose that game? How do you blow that, pair? Well, and, and you know, they said afterwards it's, it's all on us, all on the preparation of this team. I do think there is a complacency and a, a laissez-faire, casual California attitude that runs with the quarterback. And if he's not going and the defense isn't doing their thing, they're not okay. I think the Rams look at it and go, well, that, that's okay. We still, you know, the game doesn't change. Beat Seattle and they're in control of what they can do. Um, and, and I almost think it might be the worst thing that happened, that they were probably looking past the Jets team that was blowing up a couple of weeks ago by the Seahawks going, well, as long as we show up, we're okay. Credit to the athletes who put on the Jets uniform not to roll over. I do think the Rams are there, and I, I will give you this. I think Drew Brees will be better, and that Saints defense showed up and made it a little more difficult for Kansas City. But you never wonder. There's Aaron Rodgers, and just doesn't matter who it is, is flicking his wrist, is ripping apart some teams and coming up with the wins. And with the 11 wins so far, you're right. Why wouldn't the Packers keep on going on a roll? Gosh, your Bears team. I've I've been I believe in Minnesota every week. There's the Bears team looking with Mitch Trubisky of all things. Still, uh, you know, still oh, doing some things. Man. So- uh, somebody sent me a gif yesterday just as I was like, man, the, the, Mitch is starting to look legit. Now he threw, a, you know, just a bad pick in the end zone to kind of keep the Vikes in it in the second half yesterday. But um, I had a buddy send me a gif. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> Don't buy. And I, and I think yesterday was a trap game for the Rams, right? I mean, it's whether that yeah. was the donut game coming off a win that you want to atone for that Super Bowl loss. You know that Sean McVay was all into trying to atone for that loss from the Super Bowl. It meant a lot to try to get that win over Belichick and New England, uh, who have officially been eliminated from the playoffs. Woo-hoo! Uh, and then, you know, you've got the Seattle Seahawks next weekend. So, I mean, with the, with the NFC West on the line, uh, but for them to kind of let that game get away against a team that hadn't won a game all year and you're talking about trying to win a Super Bowl, that, to me, screams fraud. Yeah, I wouldn't be looking at them. You know, I, I think in the last couple of weeks, you, you can use that same word towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see what they can do tonight against the Bagels. Saints get better. Um, you know, the one team, I know you're going to talk about it, and I've been riding them from the old Perry Point perspective for the last three weeks. And it's been fun to see because it's a long time coming. We talk about we're going retro with the NHL and the eight games, nine games apiece. Buffalo Bills, man. Buffalo Bills on both sides of the football have looked like, all right, who's in their way? And I, I, I when I say that, I go, you know what, Chiefs? The, the Bills are going to have a shot at you. The way they play, they would have a shot at you right now. So uh, fascinating as we get into the last couple of weeks to see who will do what. 
because so often it's home field advantage, home field advantage. Eh, it don't mean anything. Won't mean anything in hockey. We saw it in the bubble. Doesn't mean anything. It's not going to mean anything in football either. No, uh, and we'll get into the Bills and that story. Man, I'll tell you what, if you're a Canucks fan, if you're a Vancouver sports fan, you have certainly felt the speed bumps in life, uh, but you ain't seen nothing unless you've been a Buffalo sports fan. We will pay homage to Mudville, and we'll do that next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. He may not be right, but he says it with confidence anyway. I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Seaball says on Sportsnet 650. Oh, 6.30 here on this Monday morning, first day of winter. What's going on? Let's get into today's edition of Seaball says. Vancouver sports fans, they have often wondered, why can't we have nice things? I mean, this town has certainly seen its share of sports heartbreaks. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, sorry about that. Three Stanley Cup losses, two of those in Game 7. Riots that follow. The NBA's Grizzlies shipping out of town after just six seasons. The loss of a PGA event. The departure of the annual IndyCar party. Need I continue? But if there's a consolation, it could be worse. I mean, we could be in Buffalo. A city that has experienced a beating not only economically, but from a sports perspective, they've been Mudville. Start with the Canucks expansion cousins, the Sabres. In 50 years, they've made two Stanley Cup finals, the last in 1999. And since that Stanley Cup final appearance in another century, Buffalo has won just five total playoff series in the 21 years since, and they've missed the playoffs the last nine straight seasons then there's buffalo's other maddening passion the bills once the model franchise in the afc a quarter of a century ago the bills went nearly 20 years without a trip to the playoffs there was a sense that they would move to toronto a few years ago but the poorly executed bills in toronto series may have actually turned canada's largest city off the actual idea of having the bills there buffalo seemed to become better known for bills mafia in recent years you know where weekend tailgating shenanigans resulted in somebody taking a nasty bump through a table Sometimes those tables were on fire, I should also add. The Buffalo market has eroded over the years. Fans even tired of four straight Super Bowl appearances in the 90s. Remember that historic comeback playoff win over the Houston Oilers back in 1993? Guess what? That game was blacked out regionally because Buffalo failed to sell out the game in time. That's Buffalo. But Saturday's win over Denver felt like a formality. But it was also great to see for a market that has seen factories close and few wins along the way over the last 20 years. The Bills' first AFC title since 1995 gives the town a belief in the home team not seen since Jim Kelly, Andre Reid, Bruce Smith, and the Terminator Thurman Thomas tore up the NFL. Now look, the Kansas City Chiefs still have a big say about the road to the Super Bowl. But the Bills have a shot. Even their neighbors, the Sabres, have given a sense of belief. To some, anyway, after so many years of misery. So if you've ever felt like your team stinks, they've broken your heart, or even made you think of wanting to give up on them, 
consider this. It's not Buffalo, but for the first time in a long time, Mudville has something every sports fan craves. Hope. So here's to the long-suffering Bills fans. Let's go, Buffalo. And that's today's Seaball Says. I never thought I would root for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, not that I dislike <laughs> what they would do. Uh, you know, that's that great 30 for 30 on the Bills, and you just see the heartbreak. And then the stories that happen, like Norwood and how the city embraced him, um, the health concern, concerns with Jim Kelly. Um Everybody was there. And then all of a sudden you got Josh Allen, who if you go back to the beginning of this year and they're saying, oh, all New York teams are bad. He goes, oh, there is one New York team that's okay. They kind of forget Buffalo, New York. But I just find it easy, Seaball, right now to root for this kid, root for that city. And, and as you well described, man, there hasn't been a whole lot good there. Their greatest athlete ever. And we debate, who is it? Is, is it? Pavel Burry, might it be Pedersen? Where does Linden rank? How great are the Sedins and what they give to the community? You didn't even touch on the greatest athlete that they've ever had there as a murderer. Like, throw that in their face too, right? So I don't mind this. I like small markets. I like to see them have success. And right now, the only thing that's disappointing for the Bills and, and how Buffalo is it, that when they're having this great run, and you mentioned Buffalo Mafia, we don't get to see that because that's one heck of a sideshow the way the fans love their football team. They, you know, and, and I'll tell you, honestly, for the longest time, Bills fans uh, at Bills games, when they were going through some of those lean years, honestly, even, you know, in the early to mid-2000s when the team stunk, you know, it just became a cesspool of crap. Um, you know, you, you look and sometimes you shake your head when you see, you know, people go, you know, the whole Bills Mafia celebration outside with the tailgating and just an absolute gong Have show. you been to a few of those? Yeah, when I, you I have been. Yeah, and, and you know what? They, they you know, I've, I've taken part in a few just going down as a fan. I've gone down as a fan as well with the uh, the NFL Canada series. I, I know that, you know, NFL Canada used to do road trips uh, down to Seahawks games here. You know, Winnipeg or, or Detroit, they would do, you know, from Windsor across into Lions games and then obviously Southern Ontario. You'd go down to, uh, to Buffalo Bills games. But man, and you'd get by the time you get to the second half of the game pair, you know, people were just absolutely wasted. You know, completely different environment where from a Seahawks game where, you know, tickets are hard to come by. You know, I look at the Seattle crowd oftentimes, I feel like it's more of an affluent crowd because of tickets prices, because they're a winning team, they're in demand. No, the Bills stunk. Tickets were easy to come by. You know, people were dumping them. And, you know, you just had a cesspool of people just getting absolutely gooned and it just wasn't a pleasurable experience. I mean, the fans mm -hmm. were just as bad as the team. Um, but you know what? There, there's a sense of belief in the bills. And I, I think you, like you've said, I mean, you know, Josh Allen gives them a sense of belief. They've got a, uh, they've got a franchise quarterback. It certainly appears this way with Josh Allen, you know, you got a good defense, but man, it's been a long time. Like, you know, maybe that one flash in the pan 20 years ago with Flutie flakes, right. With Doug Flutie. But yeah. the bill, the Bills. I'll tell you what. You know, Kansas City's already got a win over Buffalo from earlier this season. But the Bills were in that game, and what does that look like this time around? Kansas City will have the home field advantage for this, obviously, going through the AFC. But you're right. Like I, I don't. I think if is there a team in the AFC that gives the best shot to disrupt the Chiefs' title defense? 
you'd probably have to look at Buffalo right now. I mean, Pittsburgh's reeling. I mean, do you trust the Ravens with, you know, going into the season? I think they had a lot of pomp and circumstance. I think they've looked like they're not quite ready for prime time. But I would say Buffalo is probably the best shot at disrupting the Chiefs in the AFC. Buffalo to me is like is like a Winnipeg, and I and I don't offend the yeah. Winnipeggers and the Manitobans are great, but but you know when you think of where don't you want to go, it's well, if I'm an NHL player, I don't want to go to Winnipeg, right? The city's cold, it's dreary, there's not a lot of color. You know, although the river, and I spent three weeks in the summertime in Winnipeg. Oh, that's nicer than you think. But pair Edmonton you know, that, as well, right? Like, I mean, how many no trade lists have Edmonton, Buffalo, and Winnipeg, right? Well, the difference would be when you want to talk success, Edmonton was cocky enough to put a city of champions outside their city, sure. and they were yep. right, and they'd reel off your championships in, in a various of sports and, and, and individuals who were from there. Buffalo's never been able to put up that sign. Winnipeg's, you know, finally they won themselves a great cup, which we look at, no, no, win a real league. No, no, they finally got it. So to me, that's why I look at Buffalo. It's dreary, so what do you have if it's blue-collar work? You have what everyone has, what we love. We love our sports team. We take pride in wearing that uniform and seeing what the results are. And for so long, Buffalo couldn't get it. I mean, as good as that team was to go to all those Super Bowls, you still, you know, your February never started away. McMahon, we're losers again. The one time where we can kind of stick it to everybody and we can't so they can laugh at us. So you kind of feel they've been laughing at a long time. They think they get Jack Eichel. Okay, we're going to do the right things with the Sabres. We're going to be okay. And yet they can't get it right. I like that about the NFL. If you finally see a team on the rise, hasn't happened with the Jets, but when you see a team that struggled and they finally go, oh, good for them, they've made some right decisions. And I think right now we're going to look at that Buffalo team and they'll be in the conversation unless they blow it up and they shouldn't for a long time. It's being, hey, there's a very competitive and possibly a team that can win it. That's what's great about Kansas City. You know, no one goes to Kansas City because that's awesome. But you now go, okay, there's there's Patrick Mahomes, and that football team's going to be good for a few more years. I like that rather than going, oh, it's the Rams again. Oh, it's the Steelers again. Give me something new. It makes sports better. Well, and, and they, they've got a sense of belief now in Buffalo for the first time in a long time. And, and I think you feel good. Like, honestly, if, you're, if your team has – if you've ever been in that moment, and I think Canucks fans can certainly empathize what they've gone through for the last, what, half decade, going through that rebuild, and, man, it got toxic here in this market – Imagine enduring that for, for 20 years almost, right? You know, going between mm-hmm. 1999 and then finally they had that breakthrough in 2017. Didn't really, it wasn't sustainable that particular year. And, and now this looks like, okay, this is potentially sustainable for the, for the years to come here going forward. Uh, I think the Dolphins are going to have a big say in terms of what happens in the AFC East with the Buffalo Bills going forward as well. And we'll see what the long-term outlook is. I, I mean, I can't imagine Belichick and, and the Pats, based on what they've shown the last 20 years, are going to go through a long and painful rebuild. But you know, we'll wait and see. But it's nice to see. Um, I, I want to get to a couple of other things. We've got P.S. coming up in a little bit. We've got our Monday morning quarterback, Natea Jay, is going to join us at 7. Farrell, I just want to, you know, the big news, I think, over the last 24 hours for a lot of fans here, especially in these parts, hockey's coming back. January 13th, the NHL season will get underway. Um, a lot, a lot's got to happen, man. And it is going to be a sprint in terms of what we know. Um, and in terms of schedule, the schedule's not out just yet. And I'm sure we'll get a, probably a look at what this is going to be in the next week or two. Um, but you know, the all Canadian division, there's going to be a lot of games against the flames and the Leafs and the Oilers and the jets and the senators and the Habs. 
But here's what Brian Burke uh, earlier this morning on our sister station, Sportsnet uh, 590, the fan, had to say in terms of what the runway looks like for the NHL trying to get this 56-game season off the ground and just how condensed it could be. If you start January 15th mm-hmm. and you're going to finish July 22nd, and they've said July 15th, but let's assume they go right up to the Olympic window and you back it out, take out, and say it back-to-back in each playoff round so you have 12 days for the finals instead of 14 and 12 days for the conference final, back it out, back it out, do a couple days for a play-in round, you end up with 125 days uh, of the playable days from January 15th. And then you say the players will want a, a day off each month, so they take out five days, and you end up with 120 days. And so it's about a game, 56 games, a game about every 2.1 days. Ouch. Depth, man. Depth. I'll tell you what, like, you know, it may not all be uh, coming up aces from from a goal-scoring standpoint, but the Canucks have some depth up front. And having two goaltenders battling for a number one spot, that's a win for the Canucks going into this season. It's going to be a fascinating strategy. You think about a guy like, like Hoaglander, who in normal circumstances you would probably say, hey, let, let's get this guy playing against some pros here in North America. Well, you know, we still with all this, you know, it doesn't, you know, there's no talk really about the AHL. So I would think in my mind, the AHL's not there. So you you get to carry that taxi squad. Do you go to a young man like that who comes from Sweden, who, you know, the goals that he's been scoring, everything he's been doing goes, okay, I don't know how much better he's getting there. Do you just go, this guy's going to take one of our spots. As Berkey says, you're playing every second night. You're playing constantly. You need depth. Do you risk it? Like, how do the Canucks approach this season? Jim Benning and sensing that he's going to keep his wallet because it might mean more to him next summer to spend some money. Do you go, do you use this as a little bit of a test run for some guys and go, you know what, Hoagland is here. He's going to stick around. We're we're going to get him in some games because we're going to need depth. We're going to have injuries. Maybe it's not an ideal situation, but nothing is normal about the 2021 season. (laughs) I I think there's going to be some fascinating strategies as to what they do. 100% 100% for sure. Uh, Natea J, our Monday morning quarterback, coming up at the top of the clock. We'll continue the NFL conversation. Lots of hockey to get to as well in the 7 o'clock hour. But in a moment, no BS, people. Just straight up PS. That's next right here on your home of Vancouver Hockey, Sportsnet 650. He always tries to be ahead of the game. Harry was in front. Finding stories that matter. Sort of. We call BS. You want it. It's not BS, just PS with Perry Solkowski. Welcome back, 648 on a Monday morning, shortest day of the year, in a year that's been about 395 days. Uh, Time to fix the facts for you. A lot of things happening the last 48 hours. Here's a little PS to you. PS, it's every American kid's dream, but is it every Canadian kid's dream? I want to be a cowboy. Yeah, I guess you grow up, you play football in America, you want to play for America's team, you want to play for the Dallas Cowboys, but Louis-Philippe Ladesseur played in game number 251 yesterday for the Dallas Cowboys, so significant that on Friday he got a letter from the Prime Minister of our country because he has made $12 million as a long snapper and has played more football games as any Canadian ever has, James, in the NFL. 
and quietly doing it, right? Like, has, has he ever had even close to the fanfare of Chase Claypool, for that matter, this year, right? I mean, he's done no. it, like, just flying under the radar. A remarkable accomplishment. I just wonder, for a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl in 25 years, do people still want to be, like, can you still kind of look at America's team as America's team? Well, I was just happy when I did this that I thought of that song. I haven't heard that song for 20 years. I'll say this. Lattisir, who we've kind of looked at, we tried for a lot of the year to try and get an interview with him. He doesn't talk to a lot of people. He's a long snapper. You say he's done it quietly, and he has, except for his his financial advisor. He's done it quietly to the tune of $12 million that he has made in the NFL. That's a win. Uh, P.S., you, you weren't seeing double on the golf course, or maybe you were. The golf world had their first glimpse on the weekend of Tiger Woods' 11-year-old son, Charlie. I don't think words can describe it. Uh, this the, the fact that we were able to have this experience together, Charlie and I. And, uh, it's memories for a lifetime. That's Tiger talking about it after, James. There was a lot going on football-wise, as there always is on Sunday, but I made a point to go, you know what? This father-son and father-daughter, Annika Swanston played in it. Um, other daughters were playing in it. Just to see Charlie swing the golf club was absolutely unbelievable. Had his first ever eagle on Saturday. You hear Dad go, hey, man, that's your first eagle. And he does it with all the cameras in front of him, and he could have cared less. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Are, should we be shocked? You know, I mean, wow. I think you kind of wait for you kind of wait for that prodigy athlete. Remember when when Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi had had their kid years back, and we we're like, oh boy, okay, here comes like they've just the seeds have been planted for the greatest tennis player ever, right? Um, you know, you keep waiting, and, and the the pressure and the expectation on kids that come like I can't even imagine what the Gretzky household went through. You know, uh, you know from from that standpoint to grow up, right? Like. How do yeah. you perform as a hockey player? Michael Jordan's, you know, the kids from Michael Jordan, for that matter. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, that kid looked really, really good. Fun to watch. Lee Trevino saying to Tiger Woods in the week, now you know how your dad felt in Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I, Earl wasn't, a, but, but we didn't know Earl the way we knew Tiger, right? That's, I mean, wow. this is even different, I think. I would be amazed if, 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 if Charlie Woods is a professional golfer and wins, go, wow. Unbelievable. Runs in the jeans. Hey, P.S., don't tell me this show here in the morning, you and I don't educate people. Before 2020 is done, it is going to be an astronomer's dream. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. Oh, astronomers are giddy. Jupiter and Saturn will be so close that they will appear to form a double planet before the year is done. Such a spectacular, great conjunction as the planetary alignment. It hasn't happened in 800 years, and it's going to happen in a matter of days. Ah, oh, see, ball, see? Now you see? Wake the kids. Wake the kids. You won't believe what we might be able to see. Can we see it? Yeah, I think it's a giant telescope. I was Googling some stuff this morning that people are all awry that they could see it. You'd probably have to go to uh, the planetarium to see it. And that's probably not open, so no. And what's the best day? Uh, I don't have the best day right now. Don't give me all those questions. I found the article late you're, last you're, night. You're the one bringing this up. What's yeah, going on? but it could be BS. That's why it's called BS or PS. You said no BS, just PS. I'm so. Confused. Here's what I'm going to. Here's what I'm going to tell you about it. 
they're so close today that they will appear to form a double planet. They orbit every 20 years. I, I don't have an exact time for you. Check into News 1130. They'll give you an exact time if you can see it. You blew it! Uh, thankfully, oh. it's sunny the next three days, so maybe clear skies might give us a shot if it's not today. I'll get back to you with the exact okay. details when <laughs> Next you week. See Talk it. to me next week, yeah. Finally, uh, more PS. The Jets get a win. And this was great last night if you watched the football game. Everyone wondering, what would the New York Post do? They love ripping the Jets. That's all they have to do. What will the back page headline look like? Look like? Have a listen to when they finally see it. Lawrence Wolf on how it was announced last night. The New York Post back page already out. Lawrence Welp, <laughs> fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. Uh, we we were good. trying to dream up our own. We didn't come up with anything close to that. That's great. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was great for Clemson on Saturday night, and now the Jets with their one win. Uh, they are exactly the same amount of wins as Jacksonville, but toughness of schedule, that means the Jags will get that number one overall pick unless something happens in the next couple of weeks. I love I love headlines. Lawrence Welp. Yep, you're not getting them. He's going elsewhere. That's, That's it. pretty good. OBS, That's pretty good, PS. but man, it, like, okay, I, I want to get to this coming up, you know, just after seven o'clock here about people crapping on the Jets and look, I, it's too bad that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I'd love to see him in New York. He seems like the personality for it, but people got to stop crapping on the Jets to win a game, you know, for for winning a game because enough is enough. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. Our Monday morning quarterback Natea Jay is going to join us here in just a couple of moments. Uh, we'll get into that. Plus, the NHL set to resume January 13th. A lot of questions. We'll get into this with our Canucks commute. A, remind, uh, a reminder as well uh, that with this holiday season here, Pear, um, the uh, what is it? The, countdown uh, to tip-off. Count, uh, countdown it, to tip-off, exactly. Countdown to tip-off, man. It's brought to you by Denny's. You get a holiday turkey dinner for four. You can do it, my friend, starting at just fifty nine ninety nine. All you have to do is visit denny's.ca. I got tongue twisted, man. Getting hungry thinking of that, man. Family from 60, turkey dinner for 60 bucks, man. That's outstanding. Denny's.ca. Check it all out. Uh, we'll see if we can serve up some turkey and some gravy and some stuffing for our good friend, Natea J from the All Ball Podcast, our Monday morning quarterback next right here on Sportsnet 650. Let's get it going. It's time to get up. High. He picks up a first down and more. Still going. High is inside the 20. The 10 takes it all the way. 50 yards for a Seahawks touchdown. These guys are here to break it all down. Maybe the most difficult to convince is British Columbia. Some points I've heard that British Columbia is the lone holdout. At other times I've kind of heard that those provinces are trying to put a united front on together to get what they want. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. That's adulting done right, right? This is the starting lineup with James Zabolski and Perry Solkowski. Here we go, hour number two on this Monday morning, first day of winter. What's going on, boys and girls? James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski will be joined by our Monday morning quarterback, Natea Jay, coming up in just a matter of moments. Uh, and a reminder that this hour is a presentation of Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner, or Buter Street in Vancouver, or check them out online at DunbarLumber.com. Per, uh, hey, can obviously I, the, can yeah. I just do something here before we get to Natea? Uh, because we are a show of information and knowledge, and I gave it to you in my BS, not BS segment. Someone texted in, and of course, I've done the hard work. That whole Jupiter-Saturn thing is tonight. 
tonight after sunset, and I'll give you the details. You're supposed to hold your pinky finger at arm's length. This could be BS, but I'm telling you. And once you spot that spot, that should be easy enough to see. You block out Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, they're 11 uh, and 9 times the diameter of Earth, respectively. So it looks tonight at sunset. Wake the kids, Seaball. It's family viewing tonight. Hasn't happened in 800 years. Well, I'm, I'm just looking at the way things look right now, the likelihood of us being able to see it through the amount of cloud cover here based on the amount Why of would rain that's dumping down. Probably not happening unless it clears up tonight. But Northern Lights were supposed to happen last week. I never saw, and there was our chance to see them up here. Yeah. Uh, oh. All right, let's. Uh, hockey is coming back January 13th. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But Natea J from the All Ball Podcast, our Monday morning quarterback, ready to kick it with us here on this Monday morning. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. And how about them Bears, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I, what am I supposed? Okay, okay. Let's. You 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 brought it up, so I'm just gonna uh, I'm bury the lead and get into this. Um, should I trust Mitchell Trubisky with what I've been seeing these last couple of weeks? Like, is that organization going to suddenly look and say, maybe we should trust him going forward? You know what? I think about it. And since he's come back and aside from the first game, he's looked competent, right? Like yeah. he's looked really good using his legs, using his arm. They're getting him to plays that he's comfortable with. He hasn't looked bad at all. I've, I've kind of turned it to, kind of Mitch fan because he's taking so much heat, Woo! right? And as, an athlete, and, a, and as an athlete, you know what it's like to, you know, take heat. But for him to come back the way he has, it's been remarkable. And it shows that, you know, him sitting out, you know, due to injury and benching has, you know, done a number on him. He's kind of learned from it. He's gotten a chance to sit back and analyze what he was doing wrong. And he's come back a better quarterback. And that's what you want to see. Uh, he's not turning the ball over like he was. He's not having these plays where he just looks lost. He, you know, he's making his read. He knows what he's He's good at it, and right now he's not looking bad at all. I'm, I'm, I've turned into a Mitch fan. I, I'm just surprised saying that. You hear that, Pear? You hear that? He's on the Mitch train. <laughs> but isn't it the most? It's, it's, it's almost the worst thing to happen for him to show you that. And now in the off season, you're going to have everybody, yourself included, Bears fans, deciding. I don't know. Is that for real, or did we? Just, hey, we're having that conversation with Thatcher Demko. Are you basing it on three games, or is that for real? Thatcher has the resume. Mitch is going, man, you've tried this before. I think it makes a tough yeah. decision for Chicago now. Absolutely. And, and you have to look at what are your options, right? In the draft, they're, you know, Carson fantastic. Exactly. Oh, ah, I don't know if you can go there. Like, it's just too similar. <laughs> it's too similar, guys. But, you know, you, you can't draft the quarterback right now. You don't you not have the draft position to go out and get one of these top-ranked quarterbacks. So it might be a situation where you have to run it back and trust that what you saw in those last three games is going to carry over, you know, with the same coach staff and the same continuity. Uh, you just hope that that it is the case because if Mitch can turn out to be a, a good quarterback in this league, it helps the Bears out so much more. Well, speaking 100%. of quarterbacks, um, can we base what we saw yesterday as to what the difference will be between Seattle and the Rams when they play next week as they try and battle it out and win the NFC West because you've got Jared Goff who can't find it and they lose to the Jets. And there's Russell just going, okay, we're not great today, but we're good enough when we make smart decisions. Is that the difference, today when you, you look at the Rams and the Seahawks? One guy's going to give it to you every weekend where in Los Angeles you're still not sure what Jared gives you? Yeah, and there's so much to unpack between those two teams, but – 
like you said, like with the quarterbacks, I mean, Jared Goff is not a quarterback you want coming from behind, no matter if you're playing the Jets or, or the Patriots. You don't want him coming from behind because that's not what he's best at. His best game is, you know, handoffs. Uh, play action passes, right, where the defense is keen into the run and he can, you know, use either play action, have the linebackers, have the, the DBs, all folks on the run and, you know, and, and use misdirection to you know, kind of create open windows for him to throw the ball, right? That's his game, right? And if you force him to come from behind, he's at his absolute worst. And and that's the exact opposite of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson wants to come back from behind and he'll do anything that he can to make the game close just so he can come back. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm joking, but the, the, the Seahawks, I mean, you know, they have that game in hand and, you know, what's a Seahawks game without some drama at the end there? But yeah, you're right. Like Russell Wilson is a quarterback you want in any kind of situation, whether you're up, down, or in the middle. Uh, Goff, no. You want him ahead because that's when he's going to play his best football. Yeah, he's not the guy that, you know, he's not the guy you feel like with the game on the line in the fourth quarter, there's 90 seconds to go. Uh, the way we kind of got excited with Jalen Hurts for a moment anyway, it didn't actually happen. But, you know, Jared Goff, go win us the game. Man, it's the game of trust, and I haven't felt that with the – like, how do you I, – I guess in the roundabout way here, how do you lose a game like that to the New York Jets if you're the Rams? If you're a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, Nate, how do you lose that it's game? It is. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. And this is, like, the most 2020 thing of all time. It's like Sean McVay goes and kills Bill Belichick one week before, and then he has 10 days to prepare for Adam Gase and the Jets, right? And they lose. <laughs> like, how? That, this is the most 2020 thing to me. I, I just It blows my mind that they actually lost that game because the whole time you're thinking, okay, the Jets have a 13-0 lead. Okay, that's it's nothing. You know, they blow these leads all the time. But the only difference is they, they fired uh, Greg Williams, and he couldn't mess it up in the fourth quarter. So, that, <laughs> man, it's just unbelievable. That team has – Playoff aspirations. This is uh, this is a big blow. Uh, and Nate joining us, he does every Monday morning. Oh, you know, a, a team Seabull and I have been talking football. We haven't mentioned them, and I wonder if they like that. And that's that's a Baltimore Ravens team that you know threw some heavyweight punches with Cleveland in a great game on Monday night. Then has Jacksonville and runs over them like they should. Yet all we talk about is what Kansas City can do, what the Packers are doing. My goodness, Josh Allen and the Bills. Where do you sit with the Baltimore team right now? I think they're they're coming rounding into form at the right time. You know, they're they're a team that you know has had the most players lost due to COVID nineteen, right? I mean, the, we talked about the Patriots before the season; yeah. they had the most opt outs. But during the season, the uh, the Baltimore Ravens have had the most guys, you know, have COVID once, twice, and some guys even three times. So they so their facility has been closed multiple times. And I think right now, even their star quarterback Lamar Jackson, you know, was hit with COVID and. You know, it wasn't an easy thing for him. He, you know, he was out. He was out cold. He was sleeping all day for like about a week. So, you know, they were hit, hit really hard. And I think right now, at this point in the season, they have a, a great opportunity to make the playoffs. I mean, they have the easiest schedule of, of the three teams uh, that are vying for that last spot. Um, I see them running into format. I can see them giving uh, the, a team like the Chiefs or the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers uh, or the Buffalo Bills a tough time in the playoffs because they play great. Uh, playoff style football, right? Great defense. And on that note, 
Uh, we'll try to see if we can reconnect with uh, Nate. Uh, right. can make, that can be oh, just third read and then take off, right? So that's uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, continue. They they, they brought uh, the last two weeks, right? They scored 47 points, 40 points this week, right? 37 against uh, the Cowboys the week before, right? So you know their offense is humming, their defense is is getting guys back from injury, and I think they will give a lot of teams problems in the playoffs. I tell you this, nobody wants to see the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. Do you? Yeah. I, I mean, are you convinced of that with the with the Ravens? I mean, I, I've got a futures. Oh, I, I agree. Them, but yeah, no, I agree with that. But Dave, before we let you go, let me ask you this. And it's not who's better. We waited for this season to start, and there was one question: Hell, we're gonna finally see who missed who, who was more to that dynasty. So where do we sit now that Tom Brady has got nine wins uh, and, and did it to Atlanta again yesterday, but really hasn't lit it up? Um, and Belichick misses the playoffs for the first time, I think, in 11 years. Is that a Tom Brady slam dunk win over Belichick? Or were both their weaknesses? And is it the, the sum of two parts better than the individual when these two came? Yeah, I think for this year, we're seeing that they were probably, you know, right for each other. Right. They're probably perfect for each other because the weaknesses you're seeing on both sides, they, they kind of complemented each other in that way where, OK, Tom Brady is not going to turn the ball over. He's going to keep you in every game. You know, he's going to do the fundamental things to to help you win the game. Right. And then on the other side is Bill Belichick is going to take care of special teams and defense and make sure there's not a lot of penalties which you're seeing with with uh, Tampa Bay, right? So they complemented each other uh, so well, and that's probably what led to their success more than each individual, right? Todd, I, I feel like they probably would be successful, but not not the level of success that they had, right? You know, like we're talking about, you know, Hall of Fame type success. They probably would have been really, really good uh, on their own, right? And it depends if Belichick would have had maybe – if Belichick had a Peyton Manning, then it probably would have been the same thing. But I think they complemented each other uh, like perfectly, the right mix, but then it just got too old, right? 20 years with one guy, it, it gets old. So um, I, I don't I, – I can't declare a winner here. I think they're both uh, probably complementing each other the, the exact amount. Nice to catch up with you, man. And uh, the final time before uh, Christmas, so we say uh, Merry Christmas to you, man. Happy holidays. It's been fun. Uh, yeah, happy holidays, Yes. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Stay safe and uh, enjoy the time with the family. You as Thanks, well. And, and eat lots because uh, training camp's not around <laughs> for the next little bit for you. So uh, take care. There he is uh, from the All Ball Podcast. Natea J uh, joining us here this morning, breaking down this past weekend in the National Football League. Uh, before, Okay, before we get to hockey for a second, you're, you think that the Ravens still – that they still scare you? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I did. I, I think Natea is correct. Uh, I didn't think my. I'm not going to say Lamar. Lamar Jackson deserved the MVP last year, but in the lists of conversation and quarterbacks who I would want to have the ball, I would have said eight weeks ago, six weeks ago. Man, that guy still misses a lot of passes, and he does. But I think he's realized what he is. He's so good on his feet. Um, that he now in the last three weeks, and the Tay makes a point, other than the Steelers, the Ravens have just been decimated, and they've had to make a lot of changes with COVID. I, that football team, I wouldn't want them coming in there. And, you know, we haven't talked about the Indianapolis team either. Everything on the AFC makes me wonder, right? And yet there's Mahomes who's just like, put, give him a surfboard. He's so casual at everything. That may be his greatest fear. But I think the Baltimore Ravens are a good football team right now, and they're rolling at the right time. 
Uh, they are a good football team, but right now at this point, like they're on the outside looking in, right? Now they have a favorable schedule the last couple of weeks with the Giants and the Bengals, but at the same time, like to me, the Colts seem like more of a dangerous option. The, Baltimore just hasn't seemed right this year. I mean, I'd happily take the money if they can go and win a Super Bowl, and I'll, I'll take that win. But they're not who we expected to be this season. There was a lot of money looking at the Ravens. They, th- you know, there was a sense that they might be able to topple the Chiefs. That team is not good enough to beat Kansas City, right? Like, is that team better uh, than? No, I, is that I, team I better than I Pittsburgh? Don't think so, but the X factor is Lamar. Uh, hey, I I think the Cleveland Browns are a good football team too. There's a lot of teams that, uh, honestly, the one team that went undefeated for ten games is the one team of that conversation we have: the Chiefs, the Bills, the Steelers, the Browns, even the Titans and the Colts. I think the Steelers are the worst team of that five. The way they're playing right now, yeah, I I, I, w- I would agree with that. You need um, a quarterback who can move. He can't move. How about this story? Uh, Rick Westhead um, posting on Twitter here in the last few minutes. Uh, the National Hockey League, and obviously we've heard that hockey's coming back January 13th. The Players Association and the league signing off on this yesterday. Um, but the NHL hoping to raise $15 million selling ads on helmets this season. So you've got the bigger market teams like the Leafs and the Habs. They're apparently eyeing about a million dollars for those individual deals each, much less for smaller market teams. But according to one NHL executive, um, don't consider this newfound money because the helmet ads could essentially be given to some sponsors as make goods for empty buildings. So... Does this become hockey-related revenue or not? This might just be money that, and then, which is crazy because think about how much money the NBA teams are getting right now for the jersey sponsorships, the little small logos on their jerseys. You're talking thirty million dollars for some teams. Pair NHL is looking maybe a million dollars, best case scenario, for a decal on a helmet. Read somewhere that they think this will be a one-off. Are you kidding me? We're ten, you know, in five years' time, we're going to be looking at NHL uniforms uh, as they are right now, where they're just clear and maybe an anniversary patch, and go, oh yeah, that was before you got into all the sponsors. Any way you can make money now, you're going to make money. Everything is out the window. We talked about this last week. I'm fine with any kind of a decal. Throw it on the shoulder. Throw it on the helmet. Do what you can. Will we ever get to the European decals on pants and all that? Yeah, money talks. Who's offended by it? The owners go, great, we make more money. The players are tied in a 50-50 split with revenue. They go, oh, we don't have to give you more escrow money because of that. I'm fine. I'll put it on. So, yeah, we see it, and I believe we'll we'll see it. It's not going away. I think we'll it'll grow, and it'll grow with the right sponsors on there. We're going to see, you know, we're going to see betting companies on there at some point rather soon, and it's just going to be another form to make money. Well, I mean, like, look, if the Dallas Stars are skating around with a Denny's logo on the back of their helmet as a make good with the Gallardi family, I mean, uh, okay. I mean, I understand. Is that a make good, though? For uh, It doesn't feel like it's worth it if you're going to put decals or advertising. Like, if you're looking at making millions of dollars by putting something on your uniform, I get that. But for that little amount of money, it doesn't really feel like a win to me. Once they get into it, they're into it. If this is yes, how they I, do it, I, go, I okay, agree with that. Make good. You yeah. want it again next year? Oh, it's going to cost you five million dollars. Yeah, 
I think a lot of, much like we talk about what we're going to see, it's going to be fascinating January 13th. I think there's a lot of business there. I'm not going to say they're using it as a test balloon, but a lot of things are going to happen here that are going to be in place for October. They're, they're excited about playing this condensed schedule. It's going to be great for the fans. Terrific every night, crazy battles, but the long view is, are we all set to go in October and what will it look like? And I think we'll see some new wrinkles and part of it will be what can we do different and learn to recoup some money? Hey, we did that decal thing. We did it as a make good. You liked it. We liked it. Great exposure. Here's what the price tag will be in October as we try and get our books back in order. Let's bring in uh, Sonia Asim. We'll get to much more hockey coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour here. But uh, News 1130's own Sonia Aslam bringing tidings and joy on this first day of winter. Aslam, the shortest day of the longest year. This is true. Good morning, boys. Welcome back, Seaball. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good. How's everyone Hello, doing? Butcher. Oh, hi, Budger. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Seaball, you didn't know. Um, do you know why we call her the Budger now? She got a nickname while you were away. Oh, do tell. No, yes, she, oh, she, no, no, no. Hey, hey, it's a true story. And this is what nicknames are made from. She tweeted out on social media uh, two weeks ago. She was just in a store lineup and she inadvertently cut in front of someone. <laughs> and the guy said, hey, you budged in. And she apologized as she would. The fine, classy lady she is and yeah. said, sorry. And uh, the guy looked at her and said, you're a budger. So she's now the budget. Oh, yes. And didn't you apologize and he still gave you some sass? Yeah, he was like, yeah. you just budged like you don't care. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Go right ahead. And he said, thanks a lot, budger. And I was like, what is happening? Like, chillax, guy. I also didn't say chillax. <laughs> also, this segment's going to I'm going to be a lot of fast talking. I didn't sleep last night for the news. Yeah, I just do, I'm doing the morning show this on. week, guys. Do the morning show. So. You know, uh, I'm running on adrenaline, which for me right now is just a lot of coffee and tears. And uh, it's going really well. It's going really well. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I did my nine-month run at uh, News 1130. And that morning run, like that's – Perry, if you thought we get up early – It's intense. Like, you're, you're like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, wake-up call, and, you know, 4 a.m.'s the show meeting. And, man, how many times, you know, hey, there's a head-on crash in Langley. Get out there and make sure you have yeah. a report ready to go by 5. So not only do you have to commute, I mean – they want you to drive safely and and do everything, follow the law, but at the same time, just physically, it's not possible to execute what is being expected at times. So too bad. Um, too bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> too bad. So sad. Tell me this though, uh, Sonia. Yeah. Um, look, uh, I think everybody's excited. January thirteenth, the NHL is mm-hmm. going to drop the puck, but you know what? Uh, our provincial health officer, Doctor Bonnie, uh, obviously didn't like what the NHL was selling last summer because we all thought it was a slam dunk that Vancouver would be a hub city. It didn't happen. It went to Edmonton instead. Uh, it sounds like there's rumblings that BC might be a holdout here. What is it that we see differently than other parts of the province here in British Columbia, do you think? I think it's as basic as we are not under control. The situation in this province is not under control. So she's always said, and she said it over the summer when, yeah, you're right, the hub city went to Edmonton. And just to be clear, I think when the whole hub city controversy happened, I think a lot of people thought if the hub city's in Vancouver, it means we automatically win the cup. That's that's how it was being treated because she was taking a lot of blame for it. But her first and foremost uh, 
you know, goal is to keep this province safe. And right now we're trending at numbers that are way too high and much, much, much higher than where they were in the summer. So for her, unless it makes sense to have the team here and to have players traveling in, if it can't be done safely, no, she's not probably not going to approve it. Now, we are going to hear from her this afternoon at three o'clock. Her and Adrian Dix, the health minister, are having an in-person briefing. I guarantee you no matter what the numbers are and they will be bad because it'll be a three-day tally the number one question is going to be are the Canucks going to be able to play at Rogers Arena if not why not and what are you going to do to ensure that they can she was asked about this about um, oh 10 days ago about the NHL coming back and she just said you know it has to be a safe plan she's not anti-Canucks she's a fan she wants the game on but it has to be done safely it's not okay to risk a bunch of players coming into this province and vice versa, the Canucks traveling elsewhere and possibly something happening. Well, and we're not alone. I think it was put this way. I mean, Ontario is essentially in a lockdown. Any province who comes forth and goes, yeah, we're doing this. Wait, you know, they're not playing until the 13th of January. I, I, I like the fact that we're waiting it out. A lot of people waiting on stimulus checks too, Sonia. Do you got anything new there? Yeah, so on Friday, uh, the website went live at 7.30, sorry, 8.30. 7.30, 8.30, one of those, 8.30. Then it crashed promptly at 8.31. And now we're hearing this morning uh, from a bunch of people who, you know, the the BC government during the election campaign a couple of months ago has sort of said that the goal is, there was no promise, but the goal was, was to get uh, the money into the accounts of people by Christmas. And now we're hearing from people who are mostly on disability or mostly low income or seniors who are being asked to prove that they need the money. So they're being asked to give a lot more documentation than Mm -hmm. a lot of other people, which is very strange. So we have reached out to the Ministry of Finance. We've reached out to uh, quite a few people to explain in government what is going on here. So, you know, for the average person, you go online, uh, you can fill it out, and you just need to be 19. You have to live in BC, have your 2019 tax return info. For others, they're saying... You know, we need your passport information. We need several pieces of ID. We need a bill that's dated no later than December 18th, which makes no sense because no one's going to have that bill right now. And it's just really strange. So we're still waiting for answers from the BC Gov, and they have yet to respond. By the way, the phone lines to get the money goes live at 7.30 this morning, so you can call in to apply for that money if you want. Oh, there we go. Let's jam up the phone lines here. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Either that, and then we can... It's like preparation for trying to get a camping site uh, in this province uh, in the new year, right? Oh, yeah, and I I knew as soon as that website went live, it's going to crash. And it was like like a GeoCities website, like... People couldn't oh. find the link. The it's, link a MySpace. it's a MySpace page. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Geo's. It was like, oh, can you go to my Angel Fire account? And it's like, what is this? Yeah, but it went live and then it crashed consistently for hours. Perfect. Um, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Sounds great. Bye, boys. Yep. Later, skater. Our budger, uh, Sonia Asim, News Eleven Thirty, uh, with the latest here this morning. Uh, Twenty-six minutes after seven o'clock here on this. Uh, Monday morning, first day of winter pair. The National Hockey League's back. We'll get into this with the Vancouver Canucks and uh, what they're dealing with. Where will they play is something that needs to be figured out as well for an all-Canadian division and much, much more. All still ahead here on Sportsnet 650. This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Honky, honky, the Christmas goose.
got so fat that he was no use Till he learned how to blow his nose Hop the way a goose nose blows you know, there are uh, some Christmas songs that my, my 12-year-old, she's she's kind of the Christmas music hater right now, Pear. And she just, you know, like, I don't really, I'm like, okay. So we're driving back from soccer practice last week, and I said, what? give me three songs that you can actually tolerate at Christmas. And she's like, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, Dominic the Donkey, and... Uh, grandma got run over by a reindeer. So kind of like the awesome. ridiculous ones, right? And this is probably like the most underappreciated weird Christmas song from Hockey Hall of Famer Johnny Bauer. Honky the Christmas Goose. Kind of a forgotten classic. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have any childhood memories of this. Uh, the fact it's Johnny Bauer is great. I think when we've had... Because it's terrible! Your it's terrible, this song. Yeah, but it's Johnny Bauer. <laughs> like, great, come on. If if Pedersen and Brock Besser come out with a Christmas song, uh, you don't think it's it's racing up and everybody's downloading it, even if it's terrible? Like, Johnny Bauer was the king in Toronto. So it's a terrible song, but we've, we've played terrible songs by NHL players before. Gila Fleur had song, Marcel Dion. Those guys all had songs. Like, right now... See, it would be great if someone in the NHL, I don't know of anyone who, you know, could all of a sudden go, yeah, I'll sing. Is it Shifley who sings or is it Matt DeShane who who has a little bit of a voice? I don't mind that. Like, I don't know, Balak, I sent you a little bit of, uh, who sings Savage Stallion? She did Santa. That's a nice Christmas cut that's going on right now. We need, we got a couple days left here. We, got some, we need some Christmas music. I wouldn't consider that a Christmas song to get you in the mood. Uh, he's Perry Solkowski. I'm James Sabalski here on this uh, Monday morning. Uh, a reminder of this hour, a presentation of Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber, Bridge Street and Ladner, Arbuter Street in Vancouver, and uh, check them out online at DunbarLumber.com. Ken Priestley also texting in. We were talking about uh, sponsorships and uh, decals on, on helmets for the NHL. He said uh, Ken had played over, he played overseas after his NHL playing days over in uh, Britain, mm-hmm. and he said that the fans sponsored uh, laces on skates. Well, isn't that the stupidest marketing move by whoever? Congratulations <laughs> so to the salesperson. You know what? We're going to put your laces. How do you see something on laces? Like, I, how are you getting that? Fans paid. Fans paid. How about this uh, news coming down here from uh, Elliot Friedman in the last couple of minutes here, Perry? Yes. Uh, that Tampa Bay's salary cap issues, we've talked a lot about them over the last several months since they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, they could be resolved by long-term injury reserve. Uh, there is word coming down that Nikita Kucherov is battling an injury that may keep him out for a while. There's no word from the team or Kucherov's agents, so details are kind of iffy right now. But that coming from Sportsnet Hockey Inside insider Elliot Friedman clarity is expected this week and if he's unable to play it does clear room for the lightning you know at what cost you're talking about a former Art Ross trophy winner pair so you're talking about a lot of firepower and offense I mean we'd look at Vancouver going how do you fill the void for no Tyler Toffoli tell you what the Tampa Bay Lightning with no Nikita Kucherov that's a big blow to their offense but when you look at the depth on that team Man, they were able to win a Stanley Cup essentially without Steven Stamkos for all of, what, six minutes in, a, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, and that's a guy who's still, you know, Stamkos, like him or not, or, you know, big cap hit. I mean, there's a guy that went healthy, is still probably one of the top 20 centers in the game. 
the last thing you want to hear is a guy like Kucherov is hurt and he, he may not be coming to camp. But you know, as soon as they hear that in the front offices of Tampa Bay Lightning, they go, really, what's wrong? And then they go, well, like there's, I'm not going to say there's a sigh of relief because you don't want that. But a lot of people were looking at, at Tampa Bay, looking at Las Vegas, go, okay, now that this is a go, how are you going to make it happen? You still need, like, there's a lot of signings that need to happen now. Uh, there's another thing, James, that I am waiting to see. And if Kucherov is hurt, now that everything is in place over the weekend, there is that opt out. There is that opt out for players who may have some lingering health concerns or be around someone with health concerns. Now, if they have it and can prove it, they will get they will get their salary. If they decide not to play, they won't be paid. And I do think that over 700 players in this league, we will see a name, whether it's a big name or not. I just think the odds are we will hear in the next 48 hours, maybe, of, of some people because of a reason they feel is, is paramount in their world, may say, hey, I'll, you guys are getting set for next October. So am I. I'm going to opt out for this. When it happened in the NFL, don't you see it happening here in the NHL? I, I I do. I just don't see a lot of it. Obviously, Henrik Lundqvist was the one that uh, I think you know raised some eyebrows uh, because of a heart issue, uh, a condition uh, that he announced that he won't play for the Capitals for this upcoming season. Now, the the intriguing thing with this caveat for the opt out is um, teams will have the option to toll the contract year of a player who opts out this season, mm-hmm. meaning basically it's up to the team to decide whether the player will still owe them that year of play or not. So, you know, I, I mean, imagine, I mean, imagine Louis, Louis Erickson. Opts not, out, they're now, not going to uh, say, hey, hey, you owe us another year. Yeah, but imagine Louis Erickson, you know, opt, opted to not to play, right? I mean, financially for him, we've talked a lot about, you know, there's the signing bonus, obviously, that he got already. Um, you know, there's only the actual million dollars of actual cash dollars going forward for this upcoming season. And for a guy like Louie, um, you know, again, this is a total hypothetical, but does he see the value in, okay, what's the after-tax dollars look like after a million dollars? What is the the escrow and the salary deferral look like? So you take 30% right off the top, so you're down to 700 you know, on top of the tax dollars, like, you know, Louis Erickson might see maybe, you know, after agent fees and all of it, he might see 350 grand, which for the average Canadian and the average listener right now, that's a truckload of money. But for a guy who signed a $36 million contract, you know, is it is it worth it to go and do this and deal with this in your mid-30s for $350,000? It's Maybe. been a conversation I'm sure some players and where they are have had with families. Uh, you you weren't going to play your hand until you found out exactly what the situation is. And they learned that over the weekend. Here's how it would play out if if you entertain that idea, if you thought maybe it's best to stay around. Things aren't getting better. It depends when you're sitting with the situation with COVID as to, and, and as it says, it depends on family members. So I don't think there will be a lot, but I do think before the puck is dropped on January 13th and before training camp starts in the new year, um, you and I will at some point discuss a name or two, just like we did with the bubble where some players are just going to say because of a certain situation, uh, they'll opt out. And I don't think there'll be any ill will towards anyone. And they'll go, I hope to be back and, and pushing things again next October. But I do think now that it's laid out for them, you will see a couple of players. I don't see it happening to anybody here at the Canucks. Um, you know, I guess if we were to speculate, maybe the case you'd make for Louis, well, maybe there's that possibility. But I do think we'll see it in the NHL. 
Well, look, the the non-playoff teams, they've got until the 24th, till Christmas Eve, to decide whether they're in, they're out. So that's the Senators, the Devils, Wings, Sabres, Ducks, Kings, and Sharks. Um, and then, you know, players for the Canucks and, you know, all the other teams that were in the play-in rounds and that were in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, they got until the the 27th. So they've got six days to figure out whether they're in or out. I think, obviously, the overwhelming majority will continue to play on and uh, I mean, look at most of the names. I mean, the National Football League, there weren't many notable real star power names that, that skipped out. But I will say this, Pear, you, you look at what we're, you know, we're going to have an all-Canadian division as expected, and everybody's excited about it. We're all excited about it here as well. And, man, meaningful games. Like, this this Canucks season should be a lot of fun. But, you know, you're going to have four Canadian teams that will advance to the playoffs out of those seven teams. Now, the downside to that is that there's going to be, and I'm going to already cancel Ottawa from being into that mix because they're just not ready for prime time compared to where the other six teams are. But there's going to be two very good teams that are going to miss out on the playoffs for the Stanley Cup playoffs that are Canadian teams this year. Whether that's the Canucks, whether that's the Leafs, the Oilers, the Flames, the Habs, the Jets, Two of those teams are going to miss out this year. And that's going to be like, and and how do you judge a season, a 56 game season, right? Like our job's still going to be on the line. You know, if people come up short, it's kind of a funky year, right? But there's two teams that think that they have a chance to win a Stanley Cup or at least be a Stanley Cup playoff team that are going to miss out with this Canadian division. I may be wrong, Texas on the Dunbar Lumber text line, but for the amount of hockey we are going to see, which is going to be fabulous, there will be no bad games. There is going to be rivalries every night. And I don't even want to say Ottawa would be the bad game, but you're right. That's the one game where you might just go, oh, I'm going to take a breath. It's the Canucks and the Senators tonight. I'm just going to listen to it as I always do in sports at 650, but I'm not as engaged as I am when it's McDavid, when it's Markstrom again for the ninth time. And, and maybe it's just me, if ever, when October comes, we always go, it's got to be a playoff year. This is it. Got to be a playoff year. If ever there might be a pass to this hockey team not making it to the postseason, I think it's this year. I think if you don't get in because you're playing great competition, this team will, will get ready and be that much better next October for an 82-game season, which it will be easier to make the postseason because of the competition and the intensity they will be playing. Like, I know you dropped the puck, you want to win a Stanley Cup, but maybe I'm wrong. Let us know. I think as a Canuck fan, you'll be okay if you haven't spent a bunch of money, if you're playing out some contracts, if you get the kids in the games, get a chance to see a whole glider. Pod Colson comes in late, gets to play. Demko gets his share of games in. And you fall just short in this ever tough Canadian division after watching some great regular season play. I honestly think Canucks fans would be okay with that. Do you think they'll make the playoffs? <sighs> Can I give you an answer? I, I, honestly, my first reaction if I had to bet the money, and you know I've been betting money and winning every Sunday, unless someone really steps up, uh, and I would say unknown, like unless a, a Hoaglander makes this team and fills that top six void that they have on the right side, um, I think they fall short. And that doesn't mean it's a bad year. I think they can play really well and still fall short, and I think they might. I got lit up a few times when I suggested my how I 
put the order for the all Canadian division. This was like a month ago. And I had the Canucks listed at five. Now, if you're five when the puck drops, you're out of the playoffs. Right? And people were, you're crazy, you're crazy. But man, like, you know, try to come up with your own list of an all Canadian division. You know, it's a sucker's bet. Right? And and look, mm-hmm. I, this this could to me. I think this is a year the Canucks might see something similar to what the Oilers happened to them in 2017 after flirting with a conference final appearance. I think what happened with the Colorado Avalanche after the breakthrough in the early years with Patrick Waugh, with a young Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog and company. You know, they had that push through early, and then they took a step back. Look, this team's going to get younger, right? I mean, what's that back end look like? You know, is Ole Olevi going to be, you know, you could see Ole Olevi in that, in that finally in that third pairing on the defenseman this year. You know, somebody, whether it's Adam Gaudet possibly taking a step forward or a Jake Vertanen moving into the top six, but, you know, you're going to see more younger bodies. Zach McEwen might be a regular here this coming season. All right. There's a lot of questions from a goaltending standpoint. Like as much as we loved what we saw from Thatcher Demko, is he for real? Nobody can say for certain that he is for real. And Braden Holtby's been, man, the guy had a save percentage below nine last year. Like, there are some major question marks to ask for the Canucks. Same as every other Canadian team. But, you're, like, pair your point, I have felt this way for a while since the conversation of the All-Canadian division came up. And to me, I think the Canucks are on the outside looking in going into this season from an All-Canadian standpoint. I don't disagree. Um, they haven't had the success when all things have been normal. Now, the great thing is nothing's going to be normal about this. Uh, a lot of people jump in on the text line, Jacob, thinking Ottawa might be a sleeper team. They're going to be getting teams trying to take a break while every other Canadian team is beating each other up. Just don't think Ottawa has the depth. I do think we will see some nights off from stars. You know, you can't play as often as these guys are. And go, okay, Bo, go again, Bo, go again, Bo, go again. You're grinding it out. That's what will make it fascinating. And I, I don't think it's a loss if they don't find the postseason. I think you can have a really intelligent conversation how this team got better, even if they fall short, because you're only as good as the competition. And pretty much every night, that competition is going to be top-notch, as good as you can find in the league if everyone's playing well. Yeah, let, let's see what the ceiling is for, for Pedersen, obviously. Let's see what the ceiling is going to look like for Hughes. I feel like we haven't even come close to seeing what those ceilings are for those players just yet. There's a lot to be excited about, but... Um, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, it, it's going to be so much fun, but man, like a 56 game season, you want meaningful games. There will be no winter blahs this year for some of these games on the schedule. It's going to be tight. It's going to be fascinating and we'll have you covered. Uh, our Canucks commute coming up at eight o'clock. Ian McIntyre from sportsnet.ca, the triple threat will join us in the conversation and uh, a lot to continue to break down because, uh, man, you wanted hockey, you're going to get boatloads of it. And it's all happening in less than a month from now, January 13th, when the puck drops. And we are your home for Vancouver hockey. We are Sportsnet 650. Now more of the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Love my Andy Williams Christmas specials. Picture of my grandparents' place back in the day, and it's in rotation. Oh, There's nothing wrong with this. No. Did you see Saturday Night Live on the weekend and I did. Uh, with, with Christian Wiig? Did you catch any of it? I did. The uh, the Home Alone skit was probably uh, the best, along with uh, Weekend Update with uh, 
Colin Jost and we, Michael Chase. Weekend update was good, but honestly, I had quite a chuckle when they did their holiday song and the mum just got a robe. <laughs> I just thought that was fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I played that for my wife and said, listen, this is not a harbinger of what might be coming, but take a look. <laughs> she goes, oh, that's so true. Make oh. sure everyone gets all the gifts, and then mom got a robe. <laughs> Don't, well, that's it, right? And there was the SNL Christmas special uh, earlier in the week as well with same sort of thing with get her a Pandora charm. It's like, oh, great, you – Telling me I like coffee. Great, thanks. Oh, a dress. Well, well you, know, you wear a dress. I'm watching, and I said to my wife, I go, do you know, they still make soap on a rope? Because that was always the the gift for the cousin you don't know, you see three times. Ah, soap on a rope for 20 bucks. Everybody loves that, doesn't it? Oh, Anybody that's some... been to prison in the last 10 years, text us at the Dunbar Lumber text line, 650-650. Tell us if you still hey, have soap I, on I a rope. I did some calculating as we get into, uh, you know, because everything's different with 56. And I could be no. wrong with my numbers as everybody does all their number crunching now. What do you got left? Whose presents are you getting if you're lucky enough to get that? I've got 67 points. It will be the equivalent of a 100-point season. And uh, 36 goals, the equivalent of a 50-goal season. So those are the new numbers we look for. 100-point year, 67 uh, points is what you would need, and about 36 goals would be a 50-goal year. Um, Dunbar Lumber text line moving this morning here at 650-650. We need hockey in Canada for the nation's mental health. Yeah, I'll I'll give you that. I feel like that will be a win for a lot of people and a nice escape from what's happening. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's uh, another saying, sure, the only team that made it to the second or third round of the playoffs, depending on who you talk to, Markstrom, Tanev, Toffoli were all hurt in the playoffs. We have a better team than Winnipeg, Montreal, Calgary, Ottawa, and who knows about Toronto. They're dysfunctional at the best of time. Oh, yeah, Edmonton lost to a team that should have made the playoffs last year. I guarantee you we will make the playoffs way more hungry and better than those teams. And You know what? And, and, and maybe you're right, but I'll say this. One area I think teams, and I said this before, Pear, teams that don't have a lot of turnover this offseason – I think those will be the ones that will really benefit from a chemistry standpoint because the training camps will be short. You won't have exhibition games. You know, it's essentially the old Bill O'Reilly, we'll do it live, and you figure out what you got. And teams are going to have to figure out how to come together pretty quickly. And the Canucks are going to be no different, right? You know, Holtby and Schmidt, There's, I mean, you lost five guys from the team last year. You're getting two good character guys. Maybe that helps, but from within – um, you know, this might be a benefit for a team like the Canucks. You know, the Leafs have a lot of turnover this year. That could be an impact. You know, the Calgary Flames bringing in guys like Markstrom and, and Tanev and Levo and, and all the moves that they've made this offseason. Like, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, like chemistry could impact that team with all the changes that they've endured. If you're a really good hockey fan and an honest hockey fan and who wrote that was obviously a big Canucks fan, you can make your case good or bad for your team. I can tell you right now the Vancouver Canucks because they're young. Guys don't care if they're away from home. They're young and talented. They're going to have uh, more young guys coming up. They are going to be a team to be reckoned with. I can make that case that because they don't have the experience, because they struggle when the elements were real, the Canucks will struggle. They didn't make enough changes. You could do that with Montreal. You know what? They've made too many changes. You know what? They were great. They've added the pieces they need. But unfortunately, those pieces will take too long to go. That's the beauty of the game. That's the beauty of, yes, let's agree on one thing. This country will be better as of January 13th 
and we will ride the roller coaster of motion, which is NHL hockey. Your Canucks commute coming up next. We'll continue the conversation with Ian McIntyre here on Sportsnet 650. Spicing up your morning drive with the Canuck commute. Maybe the most difficult to convince is British Columbia. Some points I've heard that British Columbia is the lone holdout. At other times I've kind of heard that those provinces are trying to put a united front on together to get what they want. This is the starting lineup with James Sabalski and Perry Solkowski. It's your Canucks commute here on this first day of winter here on this Monday, December 21st. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski kicking it with you. We'll be joined by uh, Sportsnet Canucks insider Ian McIntyre very shortly who will join the conversation. Hey, just a reminder, hey, the holiday season, we like to eat well, you like to drink well, you like to have a good time and be festive. And you know what? Our good friends at Denny's are uh, certainly cooking up something for you this holiday season. Also, the NBA tips off tomorrow. Uh, Hoops are back. The countdown tip-off brought to you by Denny's. Get a holiday turkey dinner for four starting at just $59.99. You can visit denny's.ca for full details. So save the cooking. And let somebody cook for you dinner for four, holiday turkey dinner style for just fifty nine ninety nine at our good friends Denny's. Uh, Para, you know, a great point that Greg Ballack uh, on the other side of the glass just bringing up, um, you know, moments ago before we turned the mics back on. He pointed out the best thing that the Canucks have with two goaltenders this year is the fact that one of them in all likelihood will get hurt. And and I think that's that's a valid concern with no exhibition games. You know, guys are going to jump right into the fire immediately. I, you know, I always go back to when Wayne Gretzky finally took that coaching job in Arizona back in 2005 at the end of the lockout, and they brought in the shootout. And the first shootout they ever tried, Brian Boucher, and I was there in Arizona for that game. Brian Boucher blew out his groin in the very first shootout they had ever tested out in the National Hockey League, and he missed a couple of months because of the groin injury. I think you could see this happening for a lot of goaltenders here at the start because, man, it's one thing to be on the ice and face shots. It's a different sort of element when you're facing legitimate fire in a game. We're going to see some third stringers get some NHL games. Uh, I just think they're playing so much hockey. You will. And, and, hey, you know, do you not think maybe the Canucks goaltending situation from a 1A, 1B might be better than than a lot of others in the NHL? Guaranteed it is. Um but you're going to see, and that's why we look and everyone goes, the Canucks are going to be better because Montreal this and, and Toronto, they've got the veterans and they won't be able to mix together. The fact is, oh, what about Winnipeg? Hey, I thought Winnipeg might be really good in the bubble. It lasted for about five minutes and Mike Trif- Mark Sharkley was, gone- was gone. So that changes the whole outcome. You, That's the one thing we don't know. Other than the fact there will be injuries and likely significant injuries to some big stars whether they will be gone for four weeks. And, hey, let's calculate it. We just said a, a what, a 68-point season is a 100-point is a season now. So let's calculate a two-week injury is going to now be like a month-long injury. There's no way that these players can come in, play no exhibition games, and even though they could be training really hard and then play the amount of hockey they will in the condensed time period. What did Berkey say? It's almost like, you know, 2.1 games every every four days or whatnot without getting hurt. Soft tissue muscles, something else. They'll be playing hard. It's going to be intense because of the rivalries. So to look at a team going, here's what they'll be January 13th, there's no way they're going to be like that February 14th. It will change every month, and that's why depth's going to be so massive. 
Uh, our Sports Dad 650 Twitter poll question here this morning. We're also asking you, given the COVID issues, do you care if the Canucks play in Vancouver this season? Uh, 65% of you say no, it doesn't matter, and don't care uh, if the Canucks play in Vancouver. And 35% of you say, yeah, it does matter. Um, Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet Canucks insider here, joins us on this uh, Monday morning. Best of the season to you, sir. iMac. Hello, fellas. Nice to be on with you. It, it should matter because I think the team has a chance to win more games if it's not playing 56 road games or something that feels like 56 road games. I would think, though, this would be a moving target. I mean, if they're told they can't play – here and have to spend the first couple of weeks on the road i i would think at some point they're back here well it it would seem that way and and certainly should be that way uh especially um in relative terms like if you're trying to make sense of how this how this works in canada with covid going on well look at the covid rates uh in toronto and montreal and quebec mm-hmm. has been has been uh, awful from the start. Um, uh, just, you know, tremendous amount of cases and and tragedy there from from the start. Alberta was good for a while. That's why the NHL went there in the summer. And now they they are far worse than BC in in yep. in terms of uh, you know cases per capita and uh, and deaths as well and. And yet, the, if the NHL is able to play in those jurisdictions because uh, they come to agreements on protocol with their provincial uh, health officials, then you would think that the Canucks should be able to come to some agreement with with provincial officials here. Uh, but you know that wasn't the case in June when the cases were much lower. So, so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see the the. It is it is going to be, I think, a divisive argument because who among us is going to say that hockey is more important than people's health? It, it isn't. We know that. We know that. And and uh, you know, I got the sense, especially through the summer, that people here in in BC were really proud of how our uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and and other officials had had handled this. Um, you know. That said, right now you or I can get on a plane and fly to Toronto. We can fly to Montreal. We can go to Edmonton and Calgary, and nobody's testing us for COVID before we get on a plane. Uh, the way the NHL is going to travel with uh, with uh, chartered aircraft, so they are completely control their own environment as they're traveling. Uh, they have a, a protocol in place where you're basically going to be at a rink or you're at your hotel. Guys aren't going out for dinner in old Montreal when you're playing the Canadians. The food is coming to the hotel. The players are going to the rink, then they're going back to the plane after they play their two games and flying to Toronto or Ottawa or home. So the players are not going to be out in the community. Well, we can go out for dinner. I mean, there's a guideline in place, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how much enforcement there is, but we can go to Montreal and have a act like a tourist uh, if we want. And so the NHL is actually, as far as I can tell, and, and granted this is a superficial look, as far as I could tell, the NHL might be the safest place to work in Canada 
once once the season starts. And on top of all those protocols, they're testing the guys constantly. Like the, the guys are players are going to be so closely monitored uh, compared to the rest of us. So yeah, that's mean, that's where I have a hard time with the argument that this is too risky to do, and BC uh, needs to stop. You know control the spread of this terrible disease and therefore NHL can't play. I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I, look, obviously there was something that the, the province of British Columbia saw in the summer that prevented this city from being a hub city for the National Hockey League when play resumed in the summer. I guess I'd be curious to see just how restrictive uh, travel is or, or just moving around on the day-to-day for teams, look, Major League Baseball pulled it off, and there were still positive cases. The NBA is about to tip off. There were positive cases as guys got back into training camp at the beginning of the month. The NFL's got through most of the season, and they've had a couple of speed bumps. But really, for the most part, I think the NFL's pulled it off by traveling all around. And and look, the NHL's going to try to do this. I, I'm I'm with you in a lot of ways here, uh, Ian. I just think that you know, in some respects, when you you got small business owners that are absolutely getting their asses kicked across this country right now with some of the restrictions that have been put in place, I you know you got the province of Ontario that is reportedly set to go on full lockdown uh, mm-hmm. for the entire province on on Christmas Eve. I guess the 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 question is, and based on some of the rumblings that we've heard from Sportsnet Hockey Insider Elliot Friedman, what what sort of options do the Canucks look at? So San Jose, the Sharks are going to start camp in Arizona because of the restrictions in in the Bay Area. What options are there for the Canucks? So there's been some talk about Edmonton. Um, do they go south of the border? I, I, I'm guessing that's probably not going to be an option. But, you know, do they go to Fort St. John? Is that a nice, safe place? But, like, what, what are the options for them here? I think the options are, are basically to go to another uh, NHL city mm-hmm. where they're allowed to play. And, and so Edmonton or Cal- and Calgary are the nearest, and the infrastructure in Edmonton, is is a lot better because you have uh, you have well obviously a beautiful rink with a ton of space, a practice facility attached to it, and hotels within uh, well one uh, the Marriott literally is connected to the rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to go outside. Now, as far as I know, the NHL is not operating a bubble anywhere. And and I said that when the playoffs ended, I don't think the players will ever agree to go back in the bubble, not not with the restrictions that were in place in the summer. Yeah, yeah. no way. But but it, you know proximity is still uh, an important thing. So I think the Canucks would probably play in Edmonton, and that's you know nobody is going to be excited about that. You know the guys well, are coming I, I, back. And Ian, there's no way they're doing what they did in the summertime. But I mean, on the table, and I think the PA has looked at all that is the possibility of all the provinces say it's not going to work. And I think from a PR perspective, there's no way you're you're right. In Ontario, they're going to announce essentially they're locking it down in the next three or four hours. I don't think you can step up and Bonnie Henry will have to answer all the questions. And Dr. Henry will say, hey, right now it's not great, but January 8th was the day she gave. So it could be a different time by January 13th. But it is quite possible, isn't it, that if the provinces go, the numbers aren't good. And I know you're starting that one of the scenarios out there is you will go back in that bubble for two weeks and you're going to play yourself six, seven games and then you're going to head home for a week. Like to me, there must be A, B, C, D, E, F, G of the scenario and how it can play out for the next, you know, three or four months with the NHL. 
Well, it all depends, obviously, how how many teams are in the positions where they're not able to play in their own province. Now, there's mm-hmm. enough of them, and theoretically, uh, you could ha- you could have. We're talking about four or five provinces. Sorry, uh, five. Yeah, could you could have all five. Uh, theoretically, yeah. if all f- health officials in all five say you can't play, well, where are you going to play? Can you play in Saskatchewan? Can you have an NHL bubble? I don't think that's really. You're right, uh, Perry, in that they have to have, they have to be thinking ahead here, and they have to be planning for, for uh, you know, several uh, potential situations. None of which they they know for sure. But I don't think the NHL is going back. I don't think we're going to see seven, seven uh, Canadian teams playing in one place or two places and just operating in a in a bubble again i i think in most of the country i hope all of the country the nhl teams are allowed to to play but i think the most likely thing is that you know the it, the canucks if they're unable to play at home uh, i suspect they'll be the only canadian team uh not allowed to play at home and so they'll have to find another home and and again, the, for a variety of reasons, Edmonton is probably the most logical. Yeah, that makes a, makes a lot of sense. And, and Alberta is not shutting down. Like well, Alberta. I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the they, world they juniors can play whatever they like. We know no. that Alberta is going to allow the NHL teams to play. Well, I yeah. mean, they've got they. I mean, the world juniors are set to drop the puck later on this week, and they've been determined to get that. And for all the speed bumps that they've had to deal with with that, and they're ready to go on uh, on Boxing Day. Ian McIntyre here with us on Sportsnet 650. You know. We've got a, a little sense of what things look like to a degree. We haven't got the full schedule just yet, but you know we know the trade deadlines, April 12th, the date for teams to submit protected lists is July 17th. The expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken, July 21st. Free agency will be July 28th. Um, but with this season coming up, we know that there's an all-Canadian division here, Ian. Um, we're going to get a Canadian team in the final four. So I think that'll continue to keep the interest here, at least on this side of the border. But I guess the tragedy is that, you know, six of the seven Canadian teams, I think all probably have a sense that they are a legitimate Stanley cup playoff contender. And two of those teams are going to be on the outside looking in. And I've kind of, you know, we've talked about this earlier this morning that kind of ruled Ottawa out of the, out of the fold. But I mean, there's a lot like, I think you could make a case for pretty much six of the seven teams here in this Canadian division that they've got hopes and aspirations of a Stanley Cup. You know, there's there's so many great things about this Canadian division, which do you imagine were we were this 2019 and you said, okay, you're going to have 56 games against Canadian teams, how excited everyone would be because these are the games that people want to watch all the time anyways. I mean, yeah, it, it Canucks, you know, playing Chicago and Vegas and and San Jose, uh, you know, these are all these have become rivalries that sort of ebb and flow uh, from year to year. But every year, people people are excited when Toronto comes. Every year, when Montreal comes, and there's always, uh, no matter how good or bad the teams have been historically. There's always uh, uh, a, a little bit of a undertow to the games when you're playing the Alberta teams. Um, so, if, under different cir- circumstances, it would be would be fabulous. 
uh, or even more fabulous because I think it's going to be great. I think these these games, if we get to them, uh, people are going to love them. The players are going to love playing them, even though it, they're in a vacuum. But one of the things that make this uh, so appealing additionally, other than just the Canadian rivalries, is is the parody that there is right now among the teams. And a few years ago, the parody was that so many of them were just bad. Now they're good. Now they're not great teams, but again, that's, that's fine. That, that adds to, that adds to um, the, the competition and, and, and makes it even more compelling. I mean, if you, if you listed the top five teams in the NHL, there isn't a Canadian team among them, but there, as, as you say, they're they're all solid. They're all competitive, you know. And would they be? Uh, how many would be playoff teams under under regular circumstances? Is if they were in different divisions? Well, you could have six playoff teams. Um, you know, Toronto is probably the best, or or should be, and then. It's it's tough to pick after that. I mean, it, most most projections I've seen have the Canucks towards the bottom uh, because the, they took a, a slight step back with the guys they lost in free agency versus the guys they've added. But it's awfully hard to pick between Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton and Winnipeg. So. Uh, I, I think it's going to be terrific. I think it's going to be close, and it, it is going to be uh, exciting. If and I wouldn't have, you know, when the pandemic began, if you'd laid out the scenario for the playoffs that they ran, I'd have said, well, maybe they can't pull that off, and if they do, it's not going to be the same. And it was it was great hockey, and it was great viewing, and I'd say the same thing. I just said the same thing then about this type of scenario that you have a partially open NHL and the Canadian teams are forced to play against each other. Uh, I, I wouldn't have thought that that would happen, but now that it looks like it's going to, I, I think it's going to be terrific. I think this is, it's going to be memorable and, and not just because of the uh, terrible circumstances that are forcing it. I, I think this is this is going to be something that Canadian hockey fans will remember a long time. The All Canadian. Oh. I'm excited, man. This was a weekend, yeah, like no honestly, doubt. between between the Mandalorian finale on the weekend, <laughs> Ian, and like this news over the last 24 hours, like. Like 2020, we've been waiting, what, 350-plus days for some good news, and I think we finally got some over the weekend here. Um, no, le like legitimately, meaningful yeah. games. And, you know, Pear, like you've obviously covered the National Hockey League for a long time. Ian, you've been around it for, what, close to 30 years as well. You know, we all hit those dog days of winter, the January blahs, and whether it was the days of the Atlanta Thrashers rolling into town or the Blue Jackets or whatever that looked like. And you go, I mean, look, we've been very lucky to have jobs in terms of getting paid to cover hockey games and sporting events for years. But, man, you get those days where it still becomes a job and it's down. Man, all these games, the way this schedule shapes up, a game every other night against a team that, you legitimately want to kick their asses. Like, you couldn't ask for any better return, I think, here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, 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 and on top of that, 
if you look at the makeup of these teams, so many of the great young players in this league, and there's there's a lot of them. This is a golden era now for the NHL with the amount of talent and the excitement level uh, from team to team. The guys who who are are difference makers and people that you want to see play, whether he's on your team or not. The Canadian teams all have those guys, and that's that's another part of of this anticipation i think is not only do you get to see the the maple leafs you get to see the maple leafs with uh mitch marner and matthews and Tavares and mm-hmm. nylander you get to see edmonton with mcdavid and dry you get to see calgary and calgary was maybe a little bit of an exception although matthew kachuk is is a great young player but now you get to see calgary with Jacob Markstrom and, and Chris Tanev and the Canucks alumni in Winnipeg has have the forwards and Montreal has has done as much as any team in the NHL this offseason to improve and are always again uh, exciting to watch because of who they are. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait and I just hope I just hope that there's some pragmatism uh, out here in BC and that if the rest of Canada is playing that the Canucks are, are playing as well, and again, be, not just because I want to see, I want to see, uh, you know, twenty-eight home games for Vancouver in this once. Uh, this may be the only time in the, our life we see this either, the, an all-Canadian division, but because mm-hmm. it's 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 safe to do so, and that you know, it just it, it makes sense to me, and I hope uh, I hope that uh, we end up seeing. 28 games at Rogers Arena, even if they're just on TV and and those of us who cover the team are well separated from the players, but inside the building. Well, I, I think one thing we can all agree on, guys, is at some point when we have a normal, when you don't have to be, uh, you know what, a couple meters away from a buddy having a beer, we will look back and go, oh, my God, wouldn't that be great to have that 2021 format again right now? Because it'll be February. It'll be game 42 of 82. And you go, man, that sprint was crazy. Um, and it will be. There's just going to be so many storylines. So much is going to be asked of these players. Injuries will be massive. Getting on a run will be massive. Um, 13 days into the new year uh, is going to be a pretty good start. Thank you, IMAC. Happy holidays to you and yours. Well, and to you fellows, it's, it is, uh, as we've all leave 2020 with a lot more perspective on, we should, on than when it began. And, uh, I think we're all grateful to be able to do what we do and be as safe as we've been. And, and my best wishes to everybody out there. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Uh, Ian McIntyre, the Sportsnet Canucks insider, the triple threat. You can catch him on sportsnet.ca, here on Sportsnet 650, and also on the TV side once games resume January 13th, uh, coming up in just a few weeks from now. All right, 25 minutes after 8 o'clock here on this Monday morning. James and Perry kicking it with you here on Sportsnet 650. A lot to unpack, a lot to digest here. We'll get into all of it next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. 
Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. 8.31 here on this uh, Monday morning, first day of winter. And, uh, Pear, they're talking about getting a winter blast here in the Fraser Valley later on today. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be appropriate? I haven't really thought of that. I, I, I'm not one of those guys who can go, do you, do you remember last year we had snow uh, right up until uh, February? I don't know. Did we sn- last year, I know we had a couple of harrowing days driving in to work. Um, so I do know we had some some nasty weather, but yeah, there is a uh, snowfall warning uh, out in the Abbotsford Fraser Valley area. So hey, just be smart. It, it's raining hard up here. It, it's it's something that you have to do. Kids are out of school now. Uh, just be cautious of where you're going. If you happen to be one of those people that's going to the malls and doing some late shopping, you know, just be cautious of everyone around walking around the parking lots. Things could be a little slippery. So. Why wouldn't it be? We're not getting through 2020. Oh, it was great weather to get through the end of the year. We're going to see some ugly teeth before it's all done. You know, another thing I thought of Seaball is what are the Canucks doing? When are you coming up with a new song for the 2021 season? We do our Canucks commute. We pay I'm Still Standing. What's new for 2021? Uh, Why would you even change it this year? Oh, you have. You can't do the same thing. I don't know. Can you not? No, I, I don't think so. Boy, no, if it, it's, it's I'm still like, standing, it's not like feels a Christmas so song standing. that can last every year. You bring it out. I just no, you can't go. I'm still standing. You need something else. I mean, that's a. Vi- I mean, that's a. Vi- I mean, I guess in fairness, I'm still standing was the victory song, not the goal song. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's one that you can you can let marinate a little in terms of your priorities. But I, I to me, the yeah. idea of you made a point uh, before we brought IMAC on about the idea of seeing maybe third string goaltenders this season. And I think there's a real strong possibility. I mean, injuries are going to dictate that, but man, oh man, like there, there's been some whispers out there with what a potential schedule could look like. And I think there's a real strong likelihood, you know, as you alluded to 115 days between January 13th and what May 7th is when they're they're going to yeah. uh, try it's to gonna break. It's going to be maintenance days, playoffs. man. The guys are going to miss games. So 115 days with 56 games to get in there, but the whispers about the schedule look like you might see that sort of baseball schedule in some areas with two, three, four games possibly all clustered in there, and you know in terms of going back to back. So first off, you're going to need solid goaltending from both your goaltenders and not just a horse that you can lean on. So that's mm-hmm. why the Habs went out and got a Jake Allen. Um, you know, you've got Holtby and Demko this year here, which could be a nice one-two punch for the Canucks if everything comes up aces for them. But it's also that idea that, man, like you're going to need depth. And man, even your stars, like guys like Petey and Hughes, like those guys are going to need to get some time off or – or are you going to have those three days in between? Like, are you going to play more of a cluster on a weekend and then maybe have three or four days off? Like, I'm fascinated to see how they're going to do this pair. That I completely agree with you. I wanted to get into it with IMAC, but we were running out of time. I mean, we in our industry, and when you deal with sports, maintenance day means you're alluding to the player who's not there either for practice or, or a morning skate. Well, that's not optional. Why is in here? A little maintenance, just getting some work done. It's going to have a whole new meaning this year. And I do think if you're going back and playing essentially every second night to get it in, when we look at the calendar and look at the numbers they're trying to condense into this time period, there's going to have to be some tough decisions. There's going to have to be, listen, Bo's okay 
but there's a little tweak in the knee, and we look at the schedule, there is no three, four-day off period. So we've decided that he's going to have to sit this game. Could he play if it was a game seven? Yes, but is it smart to play? I think there's going to be a lot of really intriguing conversations between head coaches and general managers as to how you adjust to it. Not not in January, not in February, but we're going to ask these elite athletes, the best in the world, to do something they've never done, is to play this much hockey without any rest. And at some point, you're going to have to manufacture that rest. You did something a couple weeks ago. The Swiss Army knife that is Louis Erickson is going to be very valuable because you're going to need a guy who can jump onto the left side, the right side. You're going to need a, a, a Sutter who can go on the wing, go in the middle, because I do think you're going to have to try and manage a roster and not have it sink down to a level with your, your taxi squad guys and the extra players that you can still win games. And it's not automatically people looking, oh, it's the Senators. I'm resting Petey today. That's not going to work either because the Senators are like, there's no easy game. And there is no easy point in this schedule. No, and and even the and and with the teams that they're going to have to play, right? You know, you can debate whether or not you believe in the Leafs or the Habs or the Flames or the Oilers, but man, like there's going to be emotion and hostilities in terms of these games, even with fans not in the stands. You know, this is like you're looking at a lot of teams that are Stanley Cup contenders uh, in this All Canadian Division, right? I go, yeah. which like name me a goaltender who's looking forward or even any sort of blue line for that matter that is looking forward to matching up nine times against Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, right? And we can knock about exactly. oh what the Oilers have done or what they haven't done for the last few years with McDavid and Draisaitl, but those guys pretty much have been an automatic. Even like you look at what McDavid overcame with like the leg injury last year, pair, and that guy still had a hundred point season. Right now, what does he look like I, this year for with a full like year of health and recovery under him? Man, like McDavid could be an absolute nuclear lethal weapon beyond and a whole lot of the level every other night. Sports has been playing a lot of those vintage games again. You get to see some games from the 80s and 90s. I also think as we talk about injuries and how things will be done, I think we're going to have some nights where the scoreboard's just absolutely lit up. Like five, six, seven-point games may not be crazy, right? You're going to have those nights where one team is just absolutely done. They've got so. nothing left, <laughs> and the gas tank is just going to be, you know what? We see these guys again in two days. We'll get them then. But I'm, I'm not wasting it right now, and I'm done with it. And I just think we are going to see, much like we've seen in the NFL, where we, you know, what did we talk about for the first month of the NFL? You're looking at these numbers. How many teams put up 40? I think we're going to, we're not seeing a bunch of 2-1 games early on. I think people are going to light it up. We're going to see some big numbers for some stars. Be my prediction. I I hope so. I I hope so. Like of all the teams of all the teams that you look at, I mean, Ottawa is the one that we all kind of discount. But man, yeah. like I like I wonder like does, like are are teams still going to be judged by the same sort of critical eye from owners and management if guys come up short in, in this sort of funky year, right? Like guys could be burned out and and be ex uh, absolutely beat. Now, hey, look, we haven't seen a game played since the end of September, pair. So guys have had all of October off, all of November off, all of December off. They're gonna get and they're gonna get sprinting once camps resume here at the beginning of January. But you know, to play 56 NHL games in 115 days, 
And when we talk about how taxing and physical the National Football League is over the course of a 17-week season. They play one game a week, right? James, here's the one And then you're going to do that in the playoffs, like every other night, man. Like uh, add another uh, 230 days and the possibility of adding another, right, and uh, almost the same amount of – or another 30 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs for a team that might win it. That's crazy to me. So – the question that becomes, uh, you know, I, I think management coaching is going to have to make some decisions on players. Travis Green is great. When your team is on a roll, it's wonderful. But when your team is struggling, what does every coach in the NHL do, especially that of a young team? You say, you know what? We just need to get in some practices. We've been really busy. We haven't had time to practice. The over-under on this 115-day period when you're going to play 56 games of practice time, it's got to be maybe eight or nine practices. You're going to put in whatever program you have, whatever system you have at training camp, so advantage for those who have a lot of returning players. But then when are you practicing again? Like it used to be NHL teams go, here's what we're doing for the month of February – Game, game, travel, day off, practice, travel, blah, blah, blah. Morning skates, practices are going to be non-existent. So when you're in a rut, how do you fix it? It's going to be difficult. So, man, I think we're going to see some streaky teams, and we're going to see some teams in a funk because something has to give, if not the player's body, the time to teach the players and work on systems. That is going to be a massive play for both all these teams. 840, some final thoughts before we turn things over. Hockey Central coming up uh, at 9 o'clock here on Sportsnet 650 as Scott Rintoul enjoys a little downtime. So, look, if you've been looking and craving hockey, this is the place to be. After all, we are your home of Vancouver hockey, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. And I think it is about public opinion and optics more than it is about actual public health risk. But, you know, to get back to where we started here, you can understand that this morning in Ontario, for instance... When we we know the premier is going to stand up at some point today and announce uh, the the Christmas Eve lockdown, it's kind of hard in the same breath to say. And by the way, the Leafs and the Senators are going to be playing. Now more of the starting lineup with Jim Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. That's Stephen Brunt, uh, Sportsnet contributor, uh, earlier this morning on our sister station, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And, Perry, I, I will say this. Like, I, it, I think there's definitely a lot of people that would agree with that sort of logic and perspective in terms of where we're at right now, even here in this province, right? Like, you know, there's a, 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 mo- a modified sort of lockdown in the sense that we are, in theory, not supposed to engage with anybody outside of our own household right um mm-hmm. but you but you still go to work you know you still and people still go into the office we still go to stores and we're still trying to do what we can um and then this sort of optics as like you know the province of ontario is ready to go on a lockdown uh in a day or two that okay you know you can't do this like your restaurant has to stay closed but we're gonna have hockey i think the difference is is that from a hockey standpoint, man, the National Hockey League is a $5 billion a year industry, and they're spending a lot of money in terms of the cost of testing players to make sure, like, 
I don't know how many offices on the day-to-day, not just across you know the province of British Columbia, but across Canada for that matter, that are actively testing their employees before they go into work on a day-to-day basis, right? Like if the Adult Safe Hockey League was doing that on a regular basis, testing all of their beer league players, then maybe we'd be back to playing these games, right? But I think the rea- the difference is is that you know you're talking about a league that is like testing employees regularly like we have seen in Major League Baseball, uh, what the NBA is set to do starting tomorrow, and what the NFL has been doing since pretty much the beginning of September. Well, that's exactly it. And when we've had NFL players on and we have those conversations, you go, well, what's it like? Well, you just tested. You know, listening to uh, Josh Allen, was, uh, they asked him, man, what's it like in Buffalo right now? Like, you're you're the king of Buffalo. I mean, you mustn't be able to, to go anywhere without people stopping. He goes, yeah, but we don't go anywhere. I mean, that's why we're playing is because, honestly, to the facility, to the house, and that's it. Maybe stop and grab some takeout, but I want to keep on playing. And that's what you've heard. So we get excited about the announcement because we know there is going to be hockey January 13th. Now, that's what the players know. That's what the fans know. And if you're just going, hey, they should be playing here. And our poll question is, does it bother you if you Canucks play in Vancouver? 63% of you say, no, it doesn't. Because they're going to play. You'll be able to listen to it on our station. You'll be able to watch it on Sportsnet. But if you look into the minutiae, you see what these guys are going to go through, the amount that they will be tested to make sure it's okay. It, yeah, it has nothing to do with the world we live in. The world that our listeners live in where they're going to their job, I'm sure they're not tested like these guys will be. So to me, I completely under- understand what Stephen Brunt said. And I understand when I read that, okay, Dr. Henry's thinking, this is not good right now for BC. I can't give you my blessing. Now they talked again yesterday, as did all the provinces, the Quebec Premier kind of going, hey, this is pretty good. I think they will get to the, the destination they want. Whether it's right on January 13th, I'm not sure. But I don't have a problem as a citizen of BC and doing what we have to say, hey, if it's not right for her yet, let's just hold off on it. We don't have to say, yes, they're here in that first game. It's not going to make a difference. We know they're playing. But I don't have a problem with a little bit of the slow play that's going on right now to ensure the safeties of everybody else. We're talking about a handful of hockey players in comparison to the millions of people that live in our province. So if we want to just slow your roll, let's do it. As long as we know the league's going to play no matter what, but let's make sure it's okay from those in charge from a health but, perspective. But, Perry, you can't have I mean, any you problem can't, with it. You're limited in terms of what the slow play is here, right? You're either at some point, like you're a week away from the end of 2020, and you've got quarantine issues, guys coming back, and you know, you got players that are scrambling to get back to their cities, respectively. Right. And to get back here to Canada, like for for players that are and look, I mean, there is a significant chunk of players that are American on the Vancouver Canucks guys getting back. And I'm sure a lot of players have kind of quietly ducked into town and are in the process of quarantining. Like I know there are members of the organization that have found their way back in here recently and are going through the whole quarantine period that you got to be ready to go. Right. Like there isn't much, you know, as you talked about the slow play. That gray area doesn't exist now. Like, you've got to be ready to hit the ground running. Like, you got to know if you're in or out. Like, the whole, look, you gotta you got to decide by the 24th whether you're opting in or out for the teams that were non-playoff teams last season. Like, that's, you know, you would know by now if you're in or you're out because you've got to find your way to get back. Like, those training camps are starting December 31st for the teams like the Sharks and the Kings and the Ducks and the Senators. Yeah, but the Canucks, the Canucks got an exemption. They, they'll they train and skate here. It's just where do they play? Where do they play? So for me, 
that's a January 13th date. And I'm sure the NHL is going, yeah, you can't tell us whether that game in Vancouver is going to take place on the 13th on January 10th. We need to know now. But I, I would suggest before Christmas comes out that they probably have it. And I think there would be a plan B if all the provinces, and I think that BC got stuck with it, but everyone else is holding back to go, hey, no, we, we can't go yet. I think January 13th, all provinces are good to go and say, yeah, we're happy with what we've seen with the NHL and the players who will be involved in the NHL are safe and welcome to come to our respective cities. The fact they didn't do it right away and give it their blessing, I'm not surprised with. I think it was the right PR move. Well, it's the other thing is for what the federal government says. Here's the reality. like They're robust bubbles, these NHL teams that are traveling, right? You take your mm-hmm. 20, you've got 20 players in your roster, plus your taxi squad, plus your coaching staff, plus, you know, your training, your, your, your whole team staff, whether it's the trainers, the equipment managers, like all of a sudden you're looking at close to 40 guys that are traveling on the day to day, getting on a plane and, and coming into town. Right. And so, you know, what does that look like? I will say this, there is a blueprint though, right? It's not like the NHL or the Guinea pigs in this experiment, major league baseball dealt with it. Yes. The NFL has been dealing with it. The NBA is ready to tip off doing it. Like there is a there is a precedent here that we have seen for pretty much the last six months. Will there be positive cases over the course of the season? Yes. Will there be a potential team outbreak? Yes. But you know what? The seasons have gone on. Like there was a World Series champion crowned, and it wasn't in a bubble. And the NFL, guess what? They just finished up. You know, there's two weeks to go in the NFL season. There's been some potholes, but. I would say the NFL, like for what they've been doing, pair and with the size of their rosters, I think the NFL should be commended with what they've been doing so far to try to keep business up and running with limited fans and stands and all of it. I, I think they pulled it off pretty well, in my opinion. Two things we got to get done in before we go. A, when NFL started, when baseball started, we both sat on this show and said, I don't know if they're going to get it done. I don't have that thought at all with the NBA and the NHL. They will get it done. And a quick shout out. The guy didn't put his name, but I said, what should the new song be? The new theme song for the Canucks this year. And with a dry sense of humor, he said radioactive. So very well done. Uh, by the way, uh, we'll leave this on a closing note and let uh, other people uh, chew on this as well. Like the Panthers uh, do intend to have fans in a limited capacity to start the NHL season oh, as well. So, uh, All right, lots to get to tomorrow. A couple more days to go before the holidays. Uh, Hockey Central uh, coming up in just a matter of moments here on Sportsnet 650. You want more puck? You're going to get more puck, and we're going to shove it down your throats here on your home of Vancouver Hockey. We're Sportsnet 650.